Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money-saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Ruben to put St. Louis ahead, heading into halftime. He does! Loops it! St. Louis City turns it around. They're up 2-1, heading into halftime. Oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus, who clips it over San Diego and scores a wonderful goal to put St. Louis City up 2. It's 3-1. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. That audio courtesy of Apple TV as St. Louis City SC scores their first home victory and are now 2-0 on this season. And what an electric environment it was downtown on Saturday night. No surprise, Jamie that St. Louis showed up in droves. They were loud from the start. And even after Charlotte went up 1-0, the energy level was still high. And as you heard, the city ties it, scores right before halftime, adds kind of the exclamation point a little, little, little bit later, a couple of key saves late in that game. And now you're 2-0 on this this short season. Well, City started out, too. They I think they were up four or five shots on net to zero. Uh, against Charlotte, and the Charlotte goaltender had made a couple big saves. He was great. He was real good. Uh, I was worried that exactly what happened would happen to where St. Louis City is down there applying pressure, 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 shots on goal, shots on goal, and then Charlotte comes back down and scores. At their very first shot attempt on net ends up in the net. I was worried at that point it'd be like the just everybody, oh no. But that didn't happen. City SC kept, you know, playing aggressive and getting after it. They end up scoring a goal. Uh, one of the uh, the Charlotte players ends up heading it into his own net mm-hmm. by accident, which, hey, I don't care. We'll take it. They don't ask how. They ask how many. Do you think he got confused? M- maybe. But wait, it's just starting. There's another. Uh-huh. There's a lot of confused players against I guess City so. SC this season. If we go back to the first game. There was, we'll call it the drop pass Mm -hmm. to nobody except the (laughs) SC player who put it in the back of the net. Yeah. First goal in franchise history here in St. Louis is scored by the opposition with a header up over the goalie into the net. Then you get a a handball where the player didn't move his hand out of the way. And I don't know if you know the rule, Anthony. It's got to hit the body first. It's got to hit the body first, or you have to make an attempt to tuck your hands to your side so that, A, if it hits your hands, like uh, he tried. He had his hand out in the open. I don't think he was trying to hit it, but the ball hit his hand so they get a penalty kick. Good strategy by City yeah, on that kick, one. Kicking for hands all day long. Yeah. I like it. And they, they score on the penalty kick. And then, Anthony, and then, 
Another turnover. Another drop pass. Now I saw I saw this play evolving, and I thought to myself, a couple things. One, the SC player was right on the, the Charlotte player, so the goalkeeper passes it up to his defender. The defender has a guy coming right on. He can feel the SC player come right on him, so he tries to bump it back to the goalie. Which is usually a safe play, except for old Klaus, our guy Klaus. He's sitting him. there waiting. He had a nice night. Yeah, he grabs it, does a little lob wedge, chip, boop, up over the goalie, and lands it in there. But another assisted goal by the opposition. So it, well, I wonder: is it the opposition that's not playing up to their abilities, or is it the pressure from City SC that's causing some of these bad plays slash turnovers? Either way, City's capitalizing. I don't know. I don't know what the what the answer is on that, but again, either way, City's City's capitalizing there. I thought to myself, Jamie, because we've seen this with like goaltenders in the NHL. We get this question sometimes. Last year, do you think that the players don't want to don't want to play for Jordan Binnington? <laughs> or when Jake Allen was struggling in 2019? Do you think that they don't want to play for Jake <laughs> Allen? Why don't they like him? So I'll throw it out there. Charlotte's guys just they do not like the goaltender. Do they not like the netminder? Excuse me, I got to get the lingo right. They, do the they not like the do, goalkeeper? The keeper. Yeah. Do they not like the keeper? Uh uh-uh. uh Is it in play? Because that guy, that guy dominated for about forty minutes, and mm-hmm. then his teammates go, "I don't like you. I don't like you right now." You know what? I found out what you've been doing. <laughs> What's he been doing? And we're gonna score on you now. What, what do you think he was doing? The court. I don't know. You said it like you knew. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Oh. But clearly they don't like that guy. Because well, they, they scored they basically scored on him twice. They did their score own, on him once. Their own sure. keeper. <laughs> they have more goals against themselves than they've scored all season. That's correct. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. Well, that is a Charlotte team who uh, has, has not had a great start to the season, scoring just one goal in two games, and now they're 0-2. But, again, the, the game itself was a lot of fun. Uh, certainly the outcome was awesome. But the atmosphere, when I'm watching it and I'm listening, it didn't sound like 20,000. It sounded like, like 40 or 50,000. Yeah, that... Like it really did. Like you watch an English Premier League game or you watch a World Cup game, like you know, when you're watching, you can hear the noise. It's a rumble that is very distinct. It's almost like a loud hum yes. that never dissipates. And watching the, the City SC team play, there was this rumble the whole game. And then obviously when the team gets close to the goal, you know, that picks up where it spikes in the volume. But I was I was so impressed with the atmosphere. It was it was kind of cool watching it. Mm-hmm. It really was. And then when City scoring and then the crowds involved, like, I don't know, some weird sense of pride and crap <laughs> like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a moment. Yeah, the this, City showed up. Well, the, uh, the team is good. For one thing, right. you know, how good to be determined. But they're good. They're 2-0 and right now. They're mm-hmm. undefeated as an expansion team. I'll take that any day of the week. But there was a moment where I was walking out of somewhere uh, yesterday with with my girlfriend, and I said, man, the Blues aren't having a great year. Fans are still showing up. The Cardinals, fans always show up. The Battle Hawks are over 32,000 tickets for the season opener here or the home, home opener, opener. Yeah. and city sc is 2-0 and they sold that place out like crazy it's not surprising it it's really not isn't. surprising but it it's isn't, so cool but it's pretty awesome yeah. overall so for me that was my takeaway from this weekend 
was one, the product is really, it's exciting. The brand of soccer that they're playing is exciting. Uh, will it translate to wins all the time? I don't know. I think it'll translate to exciting soccer. Because there's some people, the casual fan, they're like, yeah, it's not enough action. Yeah, I don't know about this, right? Pay attention to what City SC is doing because it's fun to watch. And then knowing that it's your team, especially when you hear the crowd here at home, I think it adds to it. Marshy? Yeah, well, I, I was downtown this week, and I didn't get the, uh, a chance to go to the game, but just being down there by the stadium, uh, City Park, it, it was buzzing. Like, there was a different kind of feel in the at you know the atmosphere was was awesome um and it's something that you know to do every saturday night you know you, you get to, with some buddies go down there they got some some bars that you can hang out with and just just watch the game like it was a really cool environment which is you. huge yeah. too obviously from so, a, from a economic standpoint yeah talking to some people from maggie o'brien's in particular you which, know they they awesome it was it was fun so they took a hiatus the whole bar shut down and whatnot to remodel and redo and get everything back to or make it brand new in anticipation for hopefully the payoff would be that when the soccer team is there plus there's blues hockey down the road like it would pay off while talking to one of the people who works there said that they basically one more game like that and they've paid for their whole remodel no kidding yeah that's incredible they had a two-hour wait at one point to get into a sports bar that's fantastic so that's, that's what you want to hear you want to go downtown you obviously want to be safe but you want to go downtown you want to uh, attend events like this attend events like the battle hawks you know go go down to the dome obviously when the the even even when the blues struggle look it's you know still still fun to have tickets and all that and then the cardinals obviously will get going here in about a month or so a little less than now but it, it's it's a good thing for the city period it felt like i took a like uh, I, I time traveled back to a few weeks ago for Mardi Gras again. Yeah, like it, it was it was it was a lot of fun, Anthony. So from the three one four here, we we always get some flack for either not talking enough soccer, talking too much soccer, being too positive, too negative, too this, too that. We're first segment in from the three one four. Those two errors by the opposing team saved us from having a bad home opener as far as the wins loss concerned. One guy headbutts the ball into his own goal, and the other guy caused an error by kicking to the goalie. Is it raining in your world all the time? Is it? I, I understand he's stating the facts, okay? But why don't you celebrate it? Mm-hmm. So the one guy made a bonehead play, headed it into his own net. <laughs> I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to hit it out over the net, get rid of it out of the danger area. Mm-hmm. It was a great header for us. End uh, up the back of the net. As far it's as perfect the, shot, really. As far as the kick back to Klaus... That was caused by pressure. Go back and watch the video. It was caused by pressure from the SC player who got right up on the ball. The guy was like, "Well, crap, kick it back to the goalie. It was a bad play. Yeah. It's two so, weeks in a row. So I, I will give you the header. I'll celebrate the turnover, though. Mm-hmm. The I played City Red. The way I take that, the way I take that, though, they're already passionate about it. If we're already getting crabby. If we're already crabby <laughs> after a win, you know people are in, then. This is true, man. Can I share? Can I share some of my notes? I did a did a running note. You did? Yeah. Oh my I god. Our notes. notes said Anthony's notes. Yeah, I said uh, Anthony's hey, running notes. Hey, Stalter's running notes. You guys ready for this? All now, right. Uh, for those for that appreciation. For those that don't know, uh, I don't know anything about soccer. All right, here we go. Uh, crowd looks fired up as hell for that effing soccer. <laughs> the city loves this blank, don't they? These are my notes. This is just stream of consciousness. Okay, uh-huh. I just run through. You're, them. you're talking out loud. I'm talking out Any loud. Any makers yeah. involved? Maybe. Okay. 
couple of early chances for City SC to do that soccer and squandered it because Charlotte's netminder did that soccer better. First opportunity to Char- for Charlotte to stick the ball in that White House-sized net, that, and that's exactly what they did. They made it look easy. What the hell happened on that play, by the way? I thought the defense was City's calling card. They had defenders on both sides of that dude and headed it right in the net, and nobody covered him. Is covering a thing in soccer? And I was being serious. I was being genuine. Is is I don't know. Is covering a thing? Like, well, yeah, you're not supposed to let that happen. Okay. Man. I mean, yeah. in hockey, I know you got to get body. You know, yeah. football. You can still get body position. Covering in basketball. Okay. You can't truck a guy over, but you can get body. Position. I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. if like that was a that was a coverage coverage mistake. In football, it's coverage mistake. It was a missed assignment for sure. Okay. So uh, why didn't those city players do that soccer on that play? Because they already wrote it down. Uh, anyone else disappointed that Charlotte technically scored City's first goal? Like. It's awesome. They scored and they tied it, but you know, come on. Charlotte's goal was actually the the one that scored. No, nobody felt the same way. No, no not really. If you're Charlotte's netminder on that play, what do you do to that guy that that scored on you? And I'm talking about the header. I'm out here dominating fools for 40 minutes, really doing that soccer out here, and you blanking note. <laughs> you blanking, blanking with the header right in the other way. Next time that guy's playing defense and he gets too close, do you knee him right in the spine if you're the if you're the netminder? I mean, you can think about Just it. Just thinking it. And how about Kloss on that goal? My man watches Charlotte defender headed into his own goal, and then the Charlotte defender's laying on the ground. Kloss says something to him. Probably he pointed some, at him. He, he pointed, pointed at him. At him. He, he was pointing at him. He did the Castellanos to he him. He did. <laughs> like, quote, thanks for that sock in our net. Your net is down that way, you blanking clown. <laughs> I also wrote, uh, Leuven, Leuven is a stud. He does that soccer better than anyone else thus far. What's the Apple TV announcer? Why is the, why is the Apple TV announcer vaporizing Kloss 58 minutes into the game? And I quote, this is unbelievable to me. And I quote, this is what the, this is what the play by, or the, the, the uh, analyst said. He yeah. goes, at times, she's talking about Klaus. At times, she looks really awkward. I know he's 26, but he looks 42 years old. <laughs> I, looks like a deer and getting yeah, out, of, ca- out actually, of a car. I actually described to him that at times he looks like a deer getting out of the car, and I wrote, what the blank? <laughs> what does a deer getting out of a car look like? I don't know. I've never had that. I mean, Tommy Boy, that's the only if thing I, I could think of. I would fight that guy. I got a couple of couple of more notes on this game. Let's go. He goes, Hol-, I, I wrote, holy hell, another giveaway by Charlotte, another blank you to their own netminder. Way to go, Klaus, for being in the right place at the right time. But by God, Charlotte basically scored three of their four goals tonight. Topic question. Do you think that Charlotte's players hate their their keeper? Maybe he was... No, I shouldn't say this. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. I wrote some stuff about maybe the players finding out what the keeper was doing, and then they yeah. decided to score on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll leave that note yeah. out. Uh, a couple of nice saves by City's keeper at the end. He did that soccer well in those plays. Do you think Klaus my um, running like a 42-year-old helped him with that goal because he was unable to catch up? Yeah, probably. If- <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out why the Apple TV guy would even say that He crap. shredded him. Absolutely shredded him. Klaus is one of their better players, too. Yeah, He's involved yeah. in almost every aspect of the game offensively. And... This guy shreds him. Yeah, right. does, I don't get it. Does he look like a thoroughbred when he runs? No. No, he doesn't. Does He's he look like a Clydesdale with a kickstand? Maybe. Maybe. Okay? Maybe. Still our guy. Still our guy. Ease up on him. And that was a left foot, too, with a little yeah. chip shot over the goalie. How about uh, Enzo Copetti for Charlotte? Well, it's big week for him, apparently. I mean, that guy was crying and whining all game. Yeah, yeah a little baby. Oh, well. All okay. right. That's great. Here's your breakdown. Let's do that soccer. Let's do that soccer. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN.
Got to talk about Jack Flaherty. He answered some, maybe some questions today by his performance. He's not alone. We'll get to that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. got a great text when we were teasing this upcoming segment about Jack Flaherty and whether or not he kind of answered some questions today with his performance. We'll get into that. But we got a great text via the Air Comfort Service tax line, 314-399-9646. That said, is it 5 o'clock already? That was, by the way, a fantastic text. We have a lot of interaction on the text line for that first segment. And uh, a couple of people early on, Anthony, were like, oh, you guys are car salesmen. Like, you watched the game. Uh, they apologized. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. And we watch this crap. Yeah. I'm happy about it. I'd rather what? watch this than... Wait, which crap? Other things. Hmm? The soccer or, or Cardinals? Which crap are we talking about? City SC. Oh. I'm back on that. Sorry. I'm all... I'm Listen, I'm all about soccer right now. Yeah. Call I me when you. baseball season starts. Uh, well, it started. Okay. Yeah, spring training list. Jack Flaherty. Boy, you look pretty good today. Five strikeouts oh, for Flaherty oh, in his first oh, start. It's just of 2023. Yeah. Anthony. Come through, on. Through a knuckle curve. Threw a knuckle curve that was disgusting. Looking pretty sharp overall. Topped out at 95, I think, at one point. I think his last This guy's pi- ready, guys. He's ready. His last pitch of the day, listening to uh, Bally Sports at BT, our guy BT on the call, said his last, I believe he said his last pitch of the day was a 95 mile an hour. Really? Pretty impressive. So he looks good. Any other questions, guys? No. Uh, oh. I think Looks the like only, the Cardinals found their ace. Yeah. I think the only question the Cardinals fans have, as well as as well as the same question as we have, is can he stay healthy and can he continue to do it? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody in Cardinal Nation has ever doubted Jack Flaherty's ability. His availability, probably, yeah, a lot. But his ability, probably not. Mm-hmm. And getting five strikeouts in three innings, that's exactly kind of what you think. If Jack Flaherty goes five or six innings in a game, how many strikeouts are you looking for? If what? I'm sorry, six innings? If he goes like five, five or five, six, six in a game, you're looking for about ten? At least, well, that's, nine. that's a lot. I would, say, I would say at least a strikeout per. Okay. So we're looking some, You know, five, so, five to seven. How about that one? You know, my expectations are higher. You don't believe in them as much. It's fine. I think that we'll, we'll meet in the middle. Because it's good to meet in the middle, mm-hmm. Anthony. You know, it's never good to just hold your position. Right. Like if you're like way overboard up top or way overboard down below, it's always better to meet somewhere in the middle. And so I'll meet you in the middle, okay? Um, I'll go with seven and a half strikeouts. Okay, nice. See, we did that. We did it. That was a nice compromise. Yeah, it was. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Jamie. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I mean, look, it, the ability has always been there. It's the availability. It's been the durability that has been the question with Jack Flaherty. He's averaged, he's averaged 174 innings per year over the last uh, two years. Actually, I'm sorry, 2018, 2019. That's when he averaged that. Over the last three seasons, he's pitched only 154 innings. That's it. So we're not even talking about average at this point. We're talking about 154 innings over his last three seasons. I know. That's now, the last part. And last year, Jamie, I think we, I think some people, including myself, did question 
whether or not the the ability was going to be there. Because he didn't look the same. He was still battling it. He was still fighting himself. So this is one really positive step in the right direction. But until the games matter in April, and even then I think people are still going to question it. We're going to... We may have to be in, into the second half before somebody says. And justifiably okay, so, though. Yeah, exactly. Flaherty, I don't Flaherty blame, looks, and looks back. I don't blame people for that opinion at all. I'm in that camp. I totally am. I, I want nothing but the best for the Cardinals and Jack, Zach Flaherty, but I'm still in that same camp of prove it. Prove you can stay healthy. Not that you're good, because I know you're good. Prove that you can stay healthy. And, and if that's the case, man, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for Jack Flaherty if he's healthy. Because he can provide for your club what you don't have, what you couldn't get in the offseason, what you're going to be coveting at the trade deadline. He's there. He's got it. He's already there in place. Right. That's a huge piece of the puzzle for the Cardinals that they don't have to acquire come trade deadline time if he's healthy. Jamie, I've, I've said this before. If Look, Jack Flaherty is in his final year. That This is it. I don't, I don't understand if, you, if you're a Cardinals fan – why you wouldn't be rooting for him? Now I understand being skeptical. You don't. This isn't to say you should have blind optimism that he's going to pitch well. I'm just saying, rooting for him to do well because that's only going to benefit your team, as you noted, Jamie. As we've talked about, after the Cardinals failed to acquire a, le- a legit number one starter this offseason, he's the only guy in your rotation that has that has high strikeout upside. So rooting for him makes a lot of sense. Now, if he has a big year and you go into the offseason, maybe you let him walk. So he's got an injury history here. We got the best at the end. See you later. Have somebody else pay for it. That's a different story. But for this season, he's going to be a Cardinal throughout. So you might as well back him. You might as well root that he does well. And let's not forget that, that Adam Wainwright may heading may head into the season with question marks of his own. Well, he already is, quite honestly, until he can pitch at the WBC and it looks a little more normal if he pitches there. Like we're hoping that he's battling through these little injuries that he's talking about the back spasms and the glute and the front leg right. and all that stuff. If burn, all that can get burn finger. He's got burnt cooking sausage, he burned his hand. Um if he can get through all of that and still play the WBC, great. Show me what you can do. Mm-hmm. But th- I think you're only a, hum- a normal human being if you're questioning right now not, or there's question marks surrounding Adam Wainwright being able to be what he was last year or the year before. Sure. And, the, again, those are going to those are gonna remain, I think, throughout the majority of the season. But, nonetheless, nice start there for Jack Flaherty, about as good of a debut in spring training as you can hope for if you're – uh, if you're a Cardinals fan. So we'll monitor it going forward. Uh, plenty more to talk about throughout the course of the show in relation to the Cardinals. Yeah, including baby. I don't know if you've heard of this, this kid, uh, Jordan Walker, Jamie, but he's turning some heads down in Jupiter. He looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. And there's another guy that looks really good, too. Future St. Louis Cardinal. I want to get into that. Oh, I think I'm, I might know where you're going with this. That's all coming up in the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. With the Blues, is this a retool or a rebuild? And what's the difference? That's next on 101 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Obviously, we expect to be competitive next year, but what I was getting at is that some summers when you're, when you're coming off a good year and you feel you're a piece away and you'll, you'll sort of take maybe a chip or two and that you don't have and put it in there and try and find it later, I don't think this is going to be the summer. I think a lot's going to be next year on how some of these guys are going to get the opportunity to elevate their games. Where do they get these games to? Are they just players finding their way into the league or they can be competent players that coach can count on? And how do our veteran players age and respond to, to that situation? So it's hard to say when the next wave is going to start, but the, the building of the next wave has to start today. Doug Armstrong, general manager and president of hockey operations for your St. Louis Blues, speaking at, the, at that press conference on Friday with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Retool or rebuild, Jamie, for the Blues? And what, what do you think the difference is in relation to the Blues? Well, a team that's rebuilding doesn't have the amount of long-term commitments that the Blues have. If you look at a team that's going through a rebuild, just take a look at the Chicago Blackhawks or the Arizona Coyotes. They may have one or two outliers, but the Blues have all four top four defensemen are on long-term deals. Uh, They also have Cairo and Thomas on long-term deals. Braden Shan's on a long-term deal. Brandon Sod's on a long-term deal. Like, you see where I'm headed here. You have a lot of guys committed. Your goaltender is on a long-term deal in Jordan Bennington, which thank goodness he is. But you cannot rebuild. I mean, you could, but you'd be in salary cap hell for I don't even know how many years. Like It wouldn't be worth it. You'd be looking at a decade of trying to buy out and rid yourself of contracts like this. So Doug Armstrong has no choice but to retool. And how has he done it? He's going to find some, found some reclamation projects in Casper Kapanen and Jacob Verano. Jacob Verano looks like he's going to make his Blues debut tonight. He's on line with Braden Shen and Casper Kapanen. So Shenner being flanked by the new boys, the reclamation projects. Who better to put them with? The most reliable guy in your in your forward group, Braden Shen. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, this is a retool, and I, I think Army's being very transparent here. So for fans who are wondering what the hell the plan is, don't look at next year. Look at next year as a year where you're going to take steps forward from where you're at to right now. It may not mean that you're competitive in the Western Conference. It means taking steps forward from where your team is currently. Mm-hmm. Then the following offseason, that's where Army wants to strike. There's going to be a lot of players in the NHL that come up via free agency, and he'll have a really good idea as to what these young players are on his team, what Thomas and Kairou are, uh, Colton Pareko, you know, all of this stuff will start to sort itself out. And as of right now, 
the Blues only have $33 million committed to 24-25 season. The salary cap, I believe, is going to be about $83, $84 million this year coming up. You can almost bet it's going to be about 7 or $8 million higher than that two summers from now. Right. So if you look in the gap there, you got about $40 million. I understand there's players to resign and there's contracts that you'll be committed to, but you will have a good chunk of money available to make a splash in the free agent market. And you'll also, let's not forget, if Army decides to use all of these picks to pick younger players, you have Snuggerud, Bolduke, your first round, first three round, or three first round picks. All of these players now come into play as prospect currency. So if you want to go acquire a player of value that still has team control left, you're not going to take Jimmy Snuggerud and park, you know, package him up with somebody else and say, oh, give me an expiring contract. No. You'll get Jimmy Snuggerud for your 25-year-old who still has two years left on his deal at a reasonable price. We'll give you that because we're willing to speed it up a little bit. And I'm using Jimmy Snuggerud as an example. It could be Zachary Bolduc. It could be whoever they pick with their first pick this year. It's a way to fast-forward the process. And at the same time, not really take on a whole boatload of salary. You can kind of dictate how much money you're going to take on because you're sending cost-controlled players in return for cost-controlled players. Is it dangerous, though, to somewhat fast-forward this process not knowing the end result if you can't actually get back to the playoffs? Because we look at the Cardinals right now, and you know a lot of people were skeptical. Hey, you know all these players that are coming up, they need to go get these guys. They need to get someone in the free agency market. But now that we're seeing spring training come around, I'm really excited about some of these young players. Could we see the Blues maybe do something similar where they just wait just a little bit, let all these guys come up in within the system together, and then you know down the line now they have a, a pretty solid. When you're the Cardinals, group. when you're the Cardinals and you're in the playoffs every year, you can do that. You can do that. And so whether it's the week NL Central or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, if you're a, if you're a glass half full Cardinals fan, and it's a division that sucks and Mo does nothing, fine. He's still he's still always in the playoffs. So it allows him to slow play Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Tink Hans, Grisefo. You name your favorite prospect. It allows John Mozeliak to gradually incorporate them, which some of them, by the way, have not only knocked at the door, they've kicked it in to say, hey, we're here, John. We better make some decisions quickly. We'll get into that. I know later on we talk more Cardinals. I don't think Doug Armstrong can afford to do that. He can't. He's going to be mm-hmm. out of the playoffs prop, what, this year, maybe again next year. So when I look at two years or a year and a half down the road, you kind of know what some of these guys are going to be. You'll know mm-hmm. what Zachary Bolduc is. You'll know what Zach Dean is. You'll know what Tyler Tucker is. You'll know like all Jake of these. Neighbors. Jake Neighbors. You'll know what he is. So at that point, you can pivot and move and shake. And if Jimmy Snuggerud is a guy that's going to play in your top six, you know it. Right. So he'll be on your team. But if he's not, how much are you going to actually get from him, though, in, in, as a trade piece? If you know that he's not going to be a top six guy, how can you doesn't trade him not, away and go Doesn't get... mean he's not a top six guy on a team that's lesser. That's fair. So Robbie Fabry, perfect example. Mm-hmm. He was barely playing in the top nine here for the Blues. He's in the top six for the Red Wings, playing great. Red Wings re-sign him, extend him. He's a big piece of their future. That's what happens. His players then, who maybe on a, on a team that's too deep, don't get the opportunity to go somewhere else. Because that's what Army would be looking for. Right. To get a cost-controlled 25, 26, 27-year-old player from a team, that team has to suck. It ha- or that player has to be a reclamation project, which I think you've got enough of those for now. Let's just worry about <laughs> getting some. You know what I'm saying? So for the Blues to, to go and do it, it, it will be 
a player that can help a, a, a team that is rebuilding, kind of, and they're going to want to get rid of some of their middle-tiered money, and that's where you can get one of those players for one of your prospects. Well, I, I also wouldn't rule out the fact, and Marsh, you brought up the, kind of the end in mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if Army thinks that way. I don't know if he thinks about the end being in mind because that that limits you for from even taking calls on players. And if let's say a team calls about, I know he's got a no trade clause, but let's say a team calls about Braden Chen. Mm-hmm. Braden Chen's thirty one years old. You you want him as 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 a piece here because of his leadership and his on ice ability. But if a team calls you and says, "Hey, it's off season, we'll give you such and such for Braden Shen," I don't think you want to be closed off from that. Thinking, sure. "Well, it's going to be three years down the road or two years, and we're competitive." I think I think Army kind of keeps all of his options open, and we've we've seen it over the last year year or so now. I yeah. would just hate to make a move, get rid of a guy that you know has some great upside, and. Then you have a guy, another guy for two years, and you know, what, know maybe saying. you make the playoffs and you get eliminated in the first round because you right. don't have the actual pieces like the team went out and got in 2019. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I think, feel like it would be somewhat of a waste. Sure, I think the cap situation is going to solve that problem for you mm-hmm. because you can't be aggressive right now. I think it's gonna it's gonna force Army to be a little a little patient with some of these young guys. I think that that problem that you just threw out there is going to take care of itself. I, it reminds me of the whole Randy Rosarena thing or like the Marcelo Zuna thing. You get a guy for, what, a few years, make the playoffs, but it doesn't really amount to much. Mm-hmm. I just, I as a fan don't want that to happen to the Blues, whereas we've already seen it happen with the Cardinals. Yeah, but one thing you can reassure yourself is that Army, if it happens with the Blues where he gives up a prospect, that mm-hmm. prospect ends up doing really good things. Army's already reloaded, and he's got something else coming up. Well, that's good. Because Army, really good. even though this year is a retool year, Army's not happy with it. He's already building for next year, and he's already building two years down the line, which means even if he trades a player off that does great things somewhere else, Army's moved on. He's got the next guy to replace mm-hmm. him, and he's looking to get that going again for the Blues. He wants to keep winning. Tomorrow night, the Blues and the Coyotes play pregame 7 o'clock here on 101 ESPN. Battlehawks lose their first game of the season. Oh. We thought we thought the defenders were going to be the, be the the biggest test what a thus game. far. A lot happened in that game, Certainly. Anthony. Let's get into it next yes. on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Listen, we got to bounce back, play Arlington at home. Uh, I hope St. Louis has it absolutely rocking. And uh, I-, I want us to try to sell every freaking seat we possibly can and-, and have an atmosphere that's unlike any other. That's AJ McCarron following the loss to the D.C. Defenders on Sunday with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie, you and I talked about this on Friday. We thought that, that the D.C. Defenders – were likely to be the Battle Hawks' biggest test to date. And they, and they were. And one of the things that we were breaking down on Friday, I think you you asked, or maybe the, one of the texters asked, what would be the game plan going in? Against Jordan Te'amu, I said. Right. I said, how do you, you know, you know what you've got there. What's your game plan against him? And I said, you got to get a lead. You got to get a lead. And there, this kind of pairs perfectly with a question that I got from Grant 
uh, on Twitter. He says, watching the Battlehawks defenders versus defenders and remembering when Jordan Tayama was our quarterback. Short ball, deep dimes, running, scrambling, dude is dynamic. How do you think he stacks up to McCarron uh, at Anthony Salter? Different styles, obviously, better tats too, which is funny. When, you, when you're looking at, at the two styles, you know, Jordan, Jordan Tayamu, that is somebody that you want in a drop-back passing game. That's not to say that he can't do what he did yesterday, including on the opening, opening drive of the game where, you know, he, he, he completed the, the, the deep ball there. Rough technique there by the corner. That, that was ugly. But he, he can absolutely com- complete those passes. But you want him to be trailing. You want to force him to be trailing in the fourth quarter and having to use his arm to win you that game. And the Battlehawks didn't do that. Credit them for for playing a pretty good middle eight. You know, they scored right before halftime, which was huge. Came out, eventually got the ball back, scored again, and they looked like they were building some momentum. But they never had control of that game, which was the issue. Their secondary played poorly. Their defense wasn't great overall. They didn't capitalize on the turnovers that the defense did create. But the bottom line is you can't get in that situation where Jordan Tayamu can use his legs to pick up first downs, to pick up key yards, or to be dynamic in the red zone, which is exactly what he was. You get him on the goal line, and now you got all the run pass options. Now you're playing zone. That first touchdown he had, that was just, it looked like the, the tight end on that wolf. That was his third read, Jamie. That means he's got all the time in the world. Yeah. You're worried about him running. I get it. This is why you had to get a lead yesterday, and they didn't. They fell behind and wound up being, you know, a good game. Yeah. But one that the, the Battlehawks, I, I didn't think, ever, ever ever had control of. I felt like, um, for the first time, I felt like the Battlehawks got outplayed, and I felt like they got outcoached. I felt like the D.C. defenders, their scheme on the defensive side left very little to almost nothing for A.J. McCarron. Uh, and what really was noticeable for me was the lack of speed on the Battlehawks Battle Hawk side of the offense. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have that one guy that is just, like, a lightning bolt. That's a good mm-hmm. point. They have a lot of size, but they like, have Hakeem a ton Butler, of size. Huge. Yeah, great, there. but you don't have a guy that's got the breakaway, the quick, mm-hmm. you know, that can get you a big chunky yardage quickly in one play. Mm-hmm. And they found themselves in third and fourth down a lot, especially towards the middle to the end of that game where you needed chunk plays, you needed a game-breaker, you needed some speed, if nothing else, to pull somebody back into coverage, open up the middle of the field, then maybe you plunk one into a tight end who's coming across the middle. Mm -hmm. To me, it just looked like, uh, personnel-wise, they were outmatched this time. It happens. But I think coaching-wise, I think the defenders had a better scheme for the overall game for the entire game. That's the first time I've felt that way. Yeah, I I wonder, too, we're we're seeing a lot of spread. Out of the Battle Hawks. And at first, when we the, the first game, I thought, okay, they want to be balanced. They but I think they're they want to they want to run as much play action as possible. And I think the way that you bring up a good point about the lack of speed overall. If you if you're gonna be a team like that, it doesn't have a lot of speed, yeah, you can spread everybody out and kind of dink and dunk and do that. And McCarran, McCarran, all things considered, he's been excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I wonder with the roster construction if they wouldn't be better off running the ball a lot more. But do they have a guy to do it? I think they do in Brian Hill. Okay. Do they have a line that can help them do it, though? It's a lot easier to push forward than it is to be on skates going back and pass pro. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a line, you should run the ball. You should. 
NFL example this year, the Falcons' offensive line was the same one that I think Matt Ryan should have filed a grievance against before being traded to the Colts. Like at some point, if Matt Ryan didn't file a lawsuit against his own offensive line for getting him crushed each and every week, shame on him. Same offensive line was great last year. Why? They're in the ball. They run the ball constantly. So you have a poor offensive line. You don't have a lot of speed. I know that you want to kind of showcase McCarron, but McCarron will thrive in a passing game. It doesn't mean you have to be run first and run dominant and all that. It's just start to beat people up in a phone booth. And Jamie, I think again, I think that was kind of an excellent point that you made about the lack of the lack of overall speed. I just them. see a bunch of guys dragging tractors behind them out mm-hmm. there. Big, powerful guys. Remind me again. I used this earlier of a Clydesdale this time, and you need a couple thoroughbreds. You need a couple of quarter mile horses out there that can really open it up for you. And they don't have that right now, which is fine. But then schematically, then you have to kind of adjust to that because other teams are going to adjust. Right. They're going to be right up tight. They're not going to respect the speed if you don't have it. They mm-hmm. don't have to. Now they can crowd up all the areas on you. Yeah. So your little plink and plunk, little passes all over the place, they get eaten up too because guys can play tighter. And you saw it yesterday too. It's an unfortunate situation. But they played cover two on that that pick six. That guy came flying over the top. I mean, it's a, it's an easy read. The receiver fell down. I know. McCarron put it to the spot. That's what he's going to do. It's it's an it's just a physical. It's not even a mistake. It happens. But teams are going to play a lot of cover two against you. Then what do you they're make of the uh, what do you make of the end of the game? Oh, they're I mean, protecting. They're protecting their guy. Hey, that's good. That's what you should do. I kind of liked it. I was like, "This is Battle Hawks. This is like prison rules." Your QB gets th- you, if your QB lands on the ground like that, and they're not letting them up. You, you that's what you do. And the offensive line protected. What do you good. think of the the officials in general? I know McCarron was ticked off about them, and I mean, it is their job to mm-hmm. make sure that you saw a lot of chippiness in the second half for sure. Well, how yeah. about they they did the same thing in return at the end of the game. When Tom was just trying to take a knee, and yeah. the defensive line bust through and oh, hammered yeah. him. Like, well, you're going to hammer our quarterback. We'll, yeah. we'll get yours. That is, that is a situation where the refs. That's why you get control of the chippiness early. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't amount to that. It is what it is. So the Battlehawks too, Anthony, with a uh, uh, not a roster move, a, a coaching move today. They fired their or he resigned. I don't know how you want to put it the linebackers coach, and he's going to be replaced. I'm trying to find it right now. I know that Anthony Becht had put a tweet out thanking um, the individual for his service, but it's just kind of uh, interesting that you're already, you're two games in. Here it is. Grateful to announce new XFL Battlehawks linebacker coach, uh, former Buck Kiss Award winner, um, and it's uh, Coach Chris, Chris Claiborne. He comes in while they had relieved the other guy of his duties, so, I don't know, interesting to be two games in, three games in now, mm-hmm. and you're moving on from your linebackers coach. I just don't know what that says. Yeah. That's tough. Maybe there's maybe there's some behind-the-scenes stuff. Else. Yeah, clash in philosophy. You know, maybe some frustration boiled out, boiled over yesterday. And you, know, you say, hey, look, if you're if you're the head coach, you want to, you need to be all on the same page. You, you need to have that, Jamie, that synergy. From yeah. top from top to bottom. Synergyhockeyskills.com. We just released uh, spring programming. Nice. The, uh, three different spring clinics going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Didn't want to make sure you sign up for that. And with all that being said, it's still a one-score game. Mm-hmm. You almost you had a chance at the end. You had the fourth and 15 again, our second time seeing that right. for the Battle Hawks. You had a chance to 
potentially tie the game. And that was a, a, a raucous environment, Anthony. They had the beer snake going. Oh, they did. I was that happy thing about that. Was, Ginormous, like you know it's a does, lot of you a know, lot of pressure when you got a beer snake in the stands. You know who does the beer snake? Cubs fans. Yeah, okay, when they've got nothing else to watch. So shame on the DC defenders for not you know actually watching the game. Last thing, little little tidbit here. What does it tell you about the um, the excitement of the XFL as a fan to where your team's two scores down, you're two minutes left in the game, you feel like you can still come back? Well, that's I because mean, of the way they format. The, the extra points and that's what, that. I was, that's what I was telling Marsh and Marsh and I'm like hey this is something the NFL needs to consider Marsh crapped all over him oh my goodness. didn't he love did. it he took a power dump first right weeks I don't want to see it in the NFL so when that happened when he when Tayamu fumbled my first thought was we have a repeat of this Bills Vikings game this Battlehawk team's not out of it just mm-hmm. yet oh, that's boy. right and then you know they couldn't stop then the four man rush in the game but yeah uh, you know it happens uh, Arlington versus the Battle Hawks Sunday when they open the dome three o'clock here in St. Louis. So that should be fun. It's the first home game for the Battle Hawks, who are now two and one uh, in the in their in their early going here. What do the Blues contracts tell us about the team? I'm going to ask Jamie about this because oh, there's a lot of cap space dedicated to one thing. Well, what does it mean what? moving forward? That's next. I want to win ESPN. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. When you're very close to it, you can get overly optimistic or overly negative. And that's why, as a manager, I love to get out and scout because when you think things are going really bad, then you go watch some other team and you're going, well, they're not quite that bad. <laughs> that was Doug Armstrong on Friday. Yeah, it could always be worse, Jamie. Always be better. It always be worse. You just apply that to life. So I think that's what Doug it's Armstrong is doing there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Somebody once said, Jamie, if uh, if you threw if everybody threw their problems into a into a pile mm-hmm. you'd probably take your own problems right back really mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> i feel like jeff bezos's problems would be okay a little bit different yeah yeah mm-hmm. like i feel like that would be okay yeah i could do i could be all right with that i'll give him mine and i'll take his yeah it's just something to think about though and then i'll just throw money at everything there you go like be gone i See don't ya. care 
I don't care. Yeah. Hey, we have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses on September 9th at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Guns N' Roses are on sale now, or you could text in to win free tickets to 314-399-9646. That's our Air Comfort Service text line. Here's your question today. Who is the first band to play at Bush Memorial Stadium? Who is the first band to play at Bush Memorial Stadium? If you have the correct answer and you text in and you're the 101st texter to 314-399-9646, you'll get the pair of tickets to go see Guns N' Roses. Wow. You might have to do a little research on that or maybe you know it off the top of your head. You should know it right away. Kind of a nice St. Louis trivia question yeah. for you. Okay, Jamie. Yeah. I was looking at this. Uh-huh. About uh, 35 or so percent of the cap space for the Blues is dedicated to the defense. That's not just the top four. That's that's everybody collectively. Given the contract situations of guys like Justin Falk and Colton Pareko and Nick Letty and Tori Krug, I highly doubt the percentage will change that much heading into next year. My question for you, based on that and how the roster is constructed, what does that tell us then about the on-ice, on-ice product and philosophy for the Blues? I know you talk a lot about five, look, playing defense is, is really a five-man five man play, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not just about the, the defense. It's about playing defense as a five-man unit. But when you have that much cap space dedicated to, to defensemen, what do you think is kind of the, the style moving forward now for the Blues? Well, I honestly feel like <laughs> – I don't know right now, to be honest. I, I'm looking at this roster, and I, I'm trying to make sense of it too, and I think Doug Armstrong is trying to figure it out as well. I think this is part of the retool. Because if your defense core needs help shutting down teams defensively, you don't necessarily go and acquire guys like Casper Kapanen and Jacob Verana. casper uh, has been good. He's been good. He's played both ends of the ice, and hopefully that continues that way. It hasn't necessarily been his um, scouting report from years past, but I have nothing but good things to say about Caspery Kapanen right now. He has done everything and more than I think we've expected. Jacob Verana, I'm sorry, the jury's still out on this player. He's not known as a 200-foot player. He's not known as a coachable player, but, Anthony, that's the past. Let's see. You know, he's on the ice today with the Blues, um, playing with Braden Shen and Casper uh, Kapanen, at least on line rushes today he was. So that, that just tells me that the Blues are in a weird spot right now, trying to kind of figure out what their identity is going to be moving forward. Because if I was Doug Armstrong and I had that much money locked up in my decor, I would be looking for defensive-minded forwards, more reliable, 200-foot mm-hmm. game. And then, um, then quite honestly, you know, putting the the weight of the world onto Jordan, Kyra, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, Brandon Sod, Pavel Buchnevich. You guys, you guys are our offense. You got to carry us. And the rest of the, the roster, we're going to fill out with really good two hundred foot players that play hard defensively and play a um, cycled chip and chase down low style of play. That's it. Like that's the quick fix to try and and you know get back to. Maybe where you were as far as giving up less grade A chances against. But, I, you know, it's going to be hard to get there because a lot of the, the, the bottom of the roster for the Blues is guys that still have question marks. 
Now, what, what, what can they be? What can Alexei Torvchenko be ultimately? I feel like he can be a good 200-foot player, but does he have enough offense? Or is he strictly a third or fourth liner that goes up and down the wing and smashes into everything and blocks shots? If so, mm-hmm. that's fine. Great. He can play my bottom six. What is Josh Levo? I think Josh Levo is probably a guy that you'll look to move on from in the offseason. Tyler Pitlick, probably much of the same thing because you can get those guys. Or unless they want to resign for with their current value uh, and Baruby likes them and they think that these guys can contribute. Uh, Sammy Blay, you know, we got him for another year. He's been playing better 200-foot game. But I think the Blues are not only from a roster standpoint going through some uh, trial and error, I think from a style point as well, they're also trying different things because your roster, now when you look at Booch, Saad, Kapanen, Kairou, Thomas, Verana, that's not O'Reilly. You're going to have to yeah, – <laughs> That's not Steen. It's not like these guys are open the floodgate and let them go, mm-hmm. which is fine. Then if you're going to do that, then get rid of some of the other guys and go get more offense. Win a game 7-6, 8-5, whatever it is. If I mean, stylistically, if that's what you're going to do, traditionally the NHL has, has shown me that that wide open doesn't win. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Couple of years ago, don't look at them like they're Stanley Cup championships. Look at the championship teams, and look at the teams that failed. What were they lacking? The teams that failed. They're lacking grit, block, being willing to to block defense. Yeah, two hundred foot, two hundred foot game. Right? They had all this offense that could blow your doors off, and to add Vasilevsky, that he's fine. Well, he wasn't come playoff time. He was fine, but you couldn't score because mm-hmm. other teams were on lockdown. Hell, the Columbus Blue Jackets beat you in the first round. Yeah. So. Regular season standpoint, you're probably going to be okay from a, hey, we want to do some serious things here. I think this is part of the retooling for Doug Armstrong. It's finding out, A, what kind of team they're going to be, and then B, who are the right players to do that. And to your point, Anthony, with the contracts that they have on the back end, you got to figure it out. You have to figure it out because you have four guys that you're married to, uh, Marco Scandella, Bortuzzo, Tucker, all these guys, after your top four, you can you could realistically move on from the rest of your guys. I don't think they will. I don't see any reason why you would move on from Robert Bortuzzo. At 950000 as your 5, 6, or 7 defenseman, depending on where he's at, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. I'd keep that guy. Tyler Tucker, he's making 808000 on the cap this year. You have to give him, what, a 10% raise. So you can retain him next year, and I, I like his style. You've got Callie Rosen at 762000 The Marco Scandella thing, I think Doug will revisit that in the offseason. And I think Scandella's played fine here. Yeah, He's not the problem. He's played fine. I've liked the way he's played, but has he done enough to say he's worth 3.2 on your cap? No. I don't think so. I think Tyler Tucker can do as much as Marco Scandella, and I'm saving myself $2 million in the process. Yeah. So we'll see. Time will tell. Could you see Doug maybe buying a player out? Is that in the cards? He's never done it before, Marshy. Mm -hmm. He's never done it before. And so I don't know. I could see see Doug um, opting to trade a player and retain salary rather than buy him out, Mm -hmm. which is basically the same thing. Right. 
Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Seltzer's The Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It just sounds different. It just sounds different. It sounds better-ish. Yeah. Yeah. At least you get something. If there's actual trade, even if it's a sixth-round pick, you're getting something. The first quarterback domino falls. We'll talk about what the Saints did and what the Jets now do. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The Saints have really been the leader throughout, the only team that tried to trade for him in really a perfect situation, perfect team, a coach he knows, perfect city. Derek Carr is going to love it there. And he's going to get paid quite handsomely. Here are the details on the contract. It is a four-year deal worth $150 million. That includes $100 million in total guarantees. But the breakdown is important. And, of course, for Carr, working on a contract that fit in the constraints of the Saints cap situation was certainly something that was important and, I would say, necessary. He gets $60 million fully guaranteed at signing that spread out over the first two years. So no matter what, he makes $60 million. That was Ian Rappaport of NFL Network discussing the Derek Carr contract. How's he going to make ends meet? Ah, it's I mean, call. The $60 agent. Million right away, $100 million guaranteed? Yeah. I feel bad for him. I mean, the inflation, Anthony. Oh, sure. Times are tough. Poor Absolutely. Derek. Oh, the agent takes a little bit. I'm sure uh, yacht payments are probably pretty mm. high right now mm-hmm. Private jet payments certainly gas for the for ev- everything the mm-hmm. yacht and the uh, I think airplane okay. i think so too that's jamie rivers of anthony stalter so the first quarterback domino has fallen i thought Derek card wind up in the nfc uh, nfc south i thought he was going to go to the carolina panthers instead he goes to the team that the raiders were in trade talks with and had those trade talks break down it was the saints my question is, how the hell are they going to do this with the cap, Jamie? I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out. But they were well over the cap before today, before signing Derek Carr. Are they going to kick that? Are they, are they going to continue to kick the can down the road? Yes. That's just what they're going to do. That's Restructure contracts, do. Kick, it, kick it down. You know it. That's the answer. Oh, what, wow. I mean, what other solution is there? For the Saints, based on what they just did with Derek Carr. There's no other solution. They're just going to be, ah, we'll deal with it tomorrow, mm-hmm. next week, next year, next month, whatever. Right. It won't be today. They're not going to be able to build. I mean, they'd look, they'd, they'd, they are the current favorite in the NFC South. They have to be. <laughs> That's why they That's did it. That's also not saying much, but you're right. Maybe it's just a situation where they say, we're going to pay Derek Carr these next four years. We get into a Super Bowl or, hell, we we win one, and I don't think they're going to win one with Derek Carr. They're not going to win one, but they'll get a playoff spot they're gonna get a playoff push and they'll figure it out anthony these nfl teams it's crazy i don't know how they do it but they always figure it out they're they're, boy the cap whoever's doing the cap right now for the saints is going to be working overtime oh yeah but the box are in cap hell the panthers are they're okay they're they're a little bit over but they'll be fine the falcons got a ton of cap space but not a lot of talent talent on their roster well you know the qb situation for and i mentioned this on friday the qb situation in the nfc south could be Derek carr desmond ritter Kyle Trask, and whoever Carolina decides to go with. Right, right there. Can't miss football. You're going to win this division. <laughs> Hell, Tom Brady and the Bucs weren't good last year, and they won the division with, like, ease. 
Well, once you got into December, once you got into December, you were fine. It wasn't very pretty. So the Saint, the Saints, now are the team to beat. I think the 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 more fascinating situation now becomes the Jets because the Jets. There was a report over the what weekend. The Packers. Well, the, okay, so the two teams might be tied I think, together. Now. I think they are. I mean, all all indications is that those two teams would be tied together with one player. Aaron Rodgers, who's decided to just take his time. Mm-hmm. I'll make my decision soon enough. I'm so tired of this guy. I wish the Packers would just say, you know what? We're trading you. Or we're, we're releasing you. Or or no, fine. You're on the roster, but Jordan loves our starter. We're done. We're, we're moving forward. And I know none of that will happen. Yeah. But like Because how, of the cap. But how much control can one guy have? He's got the entire organization right now paralyzed because they don't know what the hell they've got at quarterback. Right. Like it is ridiculous. I was listening I was listening to somebody. It was on Sirius Sirius uh satellite this morning. And I think it was maybe Mike Remmers of Pro Football Talk. But they were talking about how the you know like Aaron Rodgers was kind of checked out. Because I think it was Adam Shine. It was Shine on Sports. And Adam Shine was saying with with the Jets, what what are the Jets with Aaron Rodgers? And Mike Remmer said, well, it could be a Super Bowl contender. What? No. Totally and, disagree. And Shen asked, well, okay, or Shine asked, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers a year ago didn't play well. And Mike Remmer says, one guy's opinion. He goes, well, but he was checked out. He was checked out, didn't love the receivers, didn't play well, but the, the talent is still there. That may be the case, Jamie, but I, th- I couldn't help but think to myself. So Aaron Rodgers gets upset about Jordan Love, gets upset about the selection of Jordan Love, wasn't happy about it. And all his minions, all the Packer minions were like, yeah, you could have got a wide receiver. Fair. You already had Devontae Adams at that point, but all right, yeah, add, him, add another wide receiver. It doesn't need an offensive line or defense. Get him another wide receiver. Got to have a number two wide receiver, Jamie. We know that. <laughs> but he checks out last year? He's been holding this organization at gunpoint essentially for for years now. Well, at least two, at least. And he two. gets into next year or, or last year. He goes, ah, you know, I don't like these receivers. See ya. Figure it out, Packers. Get with the Jets. Get with the Raiders, and move on. Jordan loves your starter now, and he might not be good. It's his boat now. Or he might <laughs> his boat now. Is right. But if you're if you're well, the what Packers, can, what can the on. Packers do though, Anthony? Honestly, what can no, they you do? Need, you, you can't do anything. You're you're he he's Rogers is as much a part of this because he could simply say, "I don't want to play for the Jets" or "I don't want to play for the Raiders," and therefore I'm not going to sign a two year extension here. And if you're the Raiders or the Jets, you're not going to make you're not going to make that deal. Can they? What can they do? Can they waive him? Can they like? No, because the cap hits too big. But see, see, this they're is why I don't. In, they're in bed with them. But this is where I don't understand the NFL because if if you had a player on the Blues that you weren't happy with, and you couldn't find a trade partner because he has a no trade clause, let's just say it's Vladimir Tarasenko, mm-hmm. to which the Blues left him exposed for the expansion draft. Had he been picked by Seattle, he'd been moved there. But Blues could have waived him, and sent him down to Springfield. Sure. Now other teams would all have a chance to to get him, but if let's say nobody picked him up, then the Blues would still be on the hook to pay Vladimir Tarasenko, but his cap hit would not hit the books. Yeah. You can't do that in the NFL? You can, depending on the player. The problem is he's a quarterback. So and why the, can't you just wave him? 
because the dead money charge would jump from forty million this year to sixty million if they move on from. But why Aaron is it Rogers. dead? Why is there a penalty for it? Because, because the league the way- would rather hold their teams hostage for one player than to let the organizations operate freely well this is now you're talking about a a separate conversation it's a good question now you're talking about a separate conversation which a lot of people have brought up why not have a separate cap charge for your quarterback yeah because it's so much this is this is why what the chiefs have done because of patrick mahomes has been nothing short of impressive this year this is why i said this is the best we've seen this was the most impressive season on patrick mahomes why because he's making money he's making money so now you can't you have to go with Juju Smith-Schuster on a on a bargain bin free agent deal as opposed to signing Tyree Kill for what he's worth yeah. and trading him. And now he's got a bum bum ankle, and he's playing on that, and he's going through Joe Burrow and you know a, a kind of a plucky Jacksonville team. Then you get into the AFC Championship game and you win that one, and you go to the Super Bowl, and that's a shootout. And Mahomes still plays. That was impressive. That was the most impressive we've seen of Patrick Mahomes. He's making a ton of money. Yeah. So the Packers are the Packers are essentially screwed until they can move on. I just him. don't like one side or the other to have all the power. I just don't like it. You know, I, I think well, you that, may not like it, Jamie, but that's the case. I understand. I just don't like it though. Uh-huh, the owners have uh, some of the power, which is great. I think the players with their guaranteed contracts mm-hmm. should be able to gain some of the power back there. But right now, what Aaron Rodgers is doing is wrong too. It's wrong. The organization's completely paralyzed, waiting on Panchakarma to figure out well, what the hell he's going to do. That was my point the last couple of years. You know, he gets pissy, and then they sign him to a deal, and then, oh, you don't want to play last year. Okay. Brad Thompson's next. He's going to join us. What? From Jupiter, who's on the call for Bally Sports Midwest as the Cardinals pick up another win today. Jack Flaherty. What did BT think about his performance? We could get into Dylan Carlson, too, who also homered. That's next on one win ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals, another impressive performance in Jupiter today as they take down the Astros and of course, uh, one of the men on the call, Bally, Bally Sports Midwest, was our guy Brad Thompson, as him and Chip Carey were uh, again on the call. And BT joins us right now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. What's up, BT? What is going on, fellas? Hey, a lot of things to get into, obviously, when it comes to the Cardinals, but I'd like to start with this. Andrew Marsh and his Saliga, uh, I'm talking top-notch. Like, <laughs> it's incredible, the kid isn't it? just grow. I mean, yeah. that's the best one I've ever heard. BT, we have several texters um, that every day – uh, look forward to it, and they do it right alongside Marshy. So much so that Marshy once last week, I don't want to out him too much here, but he forgot the uh, heating and cooling <laughs> after one of them, and the text line, uh, it got popping. They're like, whoa, whoa, where's my heating and cooling? He knew it, too. He, he knew did. it right away. He's, he's right become away. a total professional. So we had him. Accountability. Uh, coming we, out of we the redid break. it. Come out of the break, we had him redo it. And he good, did it, and he good. nailed it. Absolutely. I, lo- I love it. Marsh, you're doing great. Well, I appreciate that, BT. Speaking of great, Jack Flaherty there, BT. He's Jack back. Flaherty looked good. All right, so what is tangible from his performance today? What is real, and what might be, uh, you know what, it's spring training. 
So, uh, look, it's not like the Astros were traveling their entire squad. They did have Altuve in there. Uh, they, they also, you know, had uh, Jeremy Pena in there, but they also had Martin Maldonado hitting third. As we all know, he's a very light-hitting catcher. So uh, something that you won't see a ton of from them. But the, the thing that is tangible with Jack is uh, the command. He started off this game with a walk, and it was like, uh-oh, you saw him. Missed twice arm side. Then he missed twice really pulling the ball across. And as I was talking to Chip on the broadcast, it looked like he was just overcorrecting. Well, he figured it out pretty quickly. He got himself a double play right after that and then really cruised through his three innings afterwards. He punched out five. He did give up a, a one run. It was a solo shot. It was a backup slider that was, ended up being hit out of the ballpark uh, by, by Hensley. But Overall, man, Jack looked really good. And the thing that's tangible, okay, like you're saying, you know, what can you build on and what can you look at going forward? His final punch out of the day was a 95-mile-an-hour fastball that was spotted up away. So the velocity was there for him as well. We saw a fastball ranging anywhere from 90 to 95 uh, in, in this one. But he just seemed to have a really good feel for things. And, guys, we talked about it last year when Jack ended up coming back off the I.L. Uh, the first time this was after spring training when he went on the shelf and he just didn't look right it looked very clunky nothing looked comfortable coming out of his hand the arm had dropped quite a bit and he struggled mightily to repeat his delivery he looked very repeatable in the ball game today so a good one to build on for jack flaherty as he goes three punches out five vt how much of a difference maker is it for the cardinals that if jack flaherty can stay healthy and is just kind of doing what he did today for the season what does that change for the cardinals well, it gives you a guy that has a lot of swing and miss. I mean, that's the thing. We've talked about it a ton that the Cardinals just don't have that front of the rotation-esque pitcher. Miles Michaelis was so great for you last year. And Miles Michaelis, I expect him to be great again. He looked so good in his first two outings uh, before he headed off to the World Baseball Classic as those guys took off today. Uh, but he doesn't have, like, the strikeout potential. Jack Flaherty, and this is, again, small sample size, okay? I'm not trying to say Flaherty is Gibby. Uh, but if you think I said that, text it in. There comes the service text line. <laughs> That's always good. The boys will handle that for the rest of the show. Uh, but when, when you're looking at all-time Cardinal leaders, Jack Flaherty pops up a couple of times. And he is number one in strikeouts per nine in the franchise history for starters at over 10. And he's number one in fewest hits per nine uh, at right around 6.7. I, I think the, the number is I don't have it in front of me. But I mean, that is that's dominant when he is out there again. Hell when he's well. Can he be well this year? We've seen him uh, have 23 starts over the last two years. So he's going to have to prove that. But that guy is a difference maker. The Cardinals didn't go out. They didn't go out and get Rodon. They didn't go out and get Verlander. Didn't go out and get DeGrom. And I don't think that any of us really thought that they were going to spend that kind of money to do so. And certainly the finances have something to do with that. But so does the belief in Jack Flaherty that he can turn into one of those guys and not even turn into be one of those guys again. I know 2019 was a long time ago, uh, but we've seen it. We've seen it at the big league level. So it's a big difference. And talk about a big difference, guys, with Jack. And he's talked about this is having an actual offseason, a real offseason, not one where he's 
just rehabbing a bum shoulder, but one where he finished the season healthy last year, and then he was able to come into this season built up. He's strong. I would venture to say best shape of his life. I don't know if you've heard of the guy in spring training, but I really think that he's very close to best shape of his life. No, but he looked very, very good today. I was really pleased at watching him, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, this this staff threw the ball well. How about Steven Matz today? I mean, he went out there and dealt. Did you guys see Matzy out there? We did. Anthony uh, was ordering a jersey online earlier. Well, no. uh, I was waiting for you, BT, to mention how um, he screwed him by getting hurt last year. But um, you kept kept it clean for the broadcast. I understand. Here's what I'll do for you. If you would like a double or nothing, Anthony, I'll do a double or nothing bet on the innings again. BT, I learned my lesson, okay? I learned my lesson. You should take it, Anthony. No, just uh, I'll I'll sit this one out, BT. So for those that don't know the bet that Anthony and I had last year, this was just solely on innings pitched. Who's going to throw more innings? Uh, you took Steven Matz, which mm-hmm. is great. I mean, the Cardinals hey. went out. They pointed up big money on Steven Matz, and we all believed that he was going to uh, carry a, a big load this season. I went with Miles Michaelis and, and by an eyelash, really, ended up beating <laughs> you in, in this one. So BT, it happens. I, I should have known, and you do this sometimes with me, I should have known how quickly – you oh. took that bet. You said, I'll take it. You said, oh, uh, Michaelis. He started writing it down before you were done. I should have known that. I, I should have been like, yeah, you know what? Um, nope. I, I'm going to back out of this one. <laughs> I suck at poker sometimes. I shouldn't have sent you my Venmo right away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or I expected you to, to pay me. Uh, but uh, again, with, with Matt's, I mean, Matt's went out there. He, he wasn't able to do much last year. It was 10 starts, it was 48 innings. Uh, ERA wasn't good. You know, he dealt with the shoulder. He came back from that. Then he hurt his knee against the Reds trying to get over and, and get a baseball. He looked he looked better than any time that I saw him last year in today's game. Now it's three innings in his first Grapefruit League game. What does that mean? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. But what are the things that are tangible? Again, like you asked about Jack Flaherty. With Steven Matz, it was the fact that his fastball location to both sides of the plate was unbelievable, especially for early in spring. He was able to elevate with the heater. He was able to throw his sinker down in the zone as well, again, to both sides of the plate. He had really good feel for his changeup against the right-handers, and he threw his breaking ball for both strikes and for chase. And we saw him up there 95, 96 miles an hour as well. He struck out four in his three innings of work, didn't allow a hit, uh, didn't walk anybody. So it was a dominant performance by him he went out there uh, and in his uh, in his work he only threw 39 pitches 27 strikes in his three innings that's about as good as it's going to get uh, for your cardinal pitching staff your, your top two guys everybody's been waiting to see Flaherty waiting to see Matt's two-fifths of your rotation they ended up going six combined one earned run again just a home run solo shot against Flaherty and punched out nine pretty darn good uh BT there's another guy that's been pretty darn good too uh, and it looks like to me like he's forcing his way onto the roster. Jordan Walker, BT, your thoughts. <laughs> Look, he went 0 for yesterday, guys. He's done. <laughs> the guy, uh, I mean, you go 4 for 4 with a couple of home runs. You're the talk of camp. Everybody wants to talk to you. Then you go 0 for the following day. The kid's a freaking star. He is. He's a stud, and... He gets it in every single facet. First of all, he's confident. You have to be confident in doing what you're doing. Uh, But he just, even, uh, because I really was watching him yesterday as he's trying to follow up from the game where he does go four for four, hits a couple of home runs, and he went over in the game. But I was just watching his mannerisms. 
any ground like ground balls he's hit, he's busting his butt to first base. Stuff that, you, that they're not showing on TV, like watching him run out to his position. There's no moping. There's no hanging his head. He's just he's just a baseball player, and he understands that even at 20 years old in big league camp, with all the pressure of the world on him, that he is he has got a, a great opportunity. But he's just out there to play ball. He, he's not letting a couple of bad at bats hang with him, or not even bad at bats, just at bats where you don't get the results. We talked about him last week. You guys asked me, say, like, hey, do you think that he ends up making the team? And I said, look, I, I if I had to bet right now, I would say no. Thank God I didn't have to bet then because today I would say yes. <laughs> so <laughs> Ollie, Ollie was actually – he was asked about – uh, today, he was asked about his roster and just how things are changing with everybody leaving for the World Baseball Classic and and how much things are up in the air. And he said there are absolutely jobs that are still up in the air. And we all know this uh, about the outfield that's up in the air and the bullpen is up in the air. But he said confidently, I believe that we could break right now and I have a good feel for what this roster looks like. And I can't imagine that if you were breaking right now, had a great feel for this roster, that Jordan Walker wouldn't be a part of it. He just has to. Can he keep it up? We're going to find out. But he is special. Mason Wynn is special. We got a chance today in the ballgame to see Tink Hens also. Tink Hens out there, one inning, he punched out two, and he's throwing 95 to 97, dropping off hammer breaking balls and, and getting the opposition to swing and miss. The Cardinals, who famously do not strike out a lot of people, struck out 14 in their nine innings. The future is bright for these guys, but Jamie, I'm with you on the Jordan Walker hype train uh, because he, he is uh, he's great and he fits the bill. Any chance, BT, we could see instead of if Jordan Walker does make the opening day roster, any chance we see him in a DH spot and not in the outfield? I, I haven't given this much consideration, but I mean, when it comes to the DH spot, how how confident are you that it is going to be a mix of Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman like we assumed it would be? Oh, you know what? I, I really, you definitely will see him in the DH spot as well. If he breaks, it, it's going to be about getting him at bats. He's athletic enough. You want him in the outfield also, but uh, when you have a talented group of outfield going to have to be a little bit of a rotation so i do think that jordan walker will find himself if he is on the ball club come opening day i think we'll see him at dh i think you'll see him in left i think you'll see him at right uh i think that we'll see that dh position also go with that uh, we've talked about arenado and goldie on days where you want to get them off their feet we'll see Contreras, who hasn't caught more than 120 something games in a season we'll see him get some at bats there but uh, i really do think that they'll utilize that as a spot that can bounce around and Jordan Walker will find himself firmly supplanted in the middle of it. Will it happen uh, right out of spring training? Look, the way that he's playing right now, you, you would lean towards yes. Even if it doesn't, we're going to see him at some point this year. But, uh, man, he is, he's, he's got it all figured out. He's got a smile that is going to, like, take on St. Louis. He's going to be a star as soon as he is up, and he's pushing all the right buttons, that's for sure. I wanted to ask you about Dylan Carlson, too, who who homered today. When you're talking about, like, the outfield mix, and, and my question was more, BT, about whether or not we could see, you know, Nolan Gorman maybe get pushed get pushed out a little bit. When it comes to Carlson, who looks who continues to play well, from a roster construction standpoint, how do you see this kind of breaking down if it is Jordan Walker? 
Well, I, I think that uh, Dylan Carlson is still firmly a part of it. And then I think that you would have four outfielders potentially that could bounce around a, a little bit. And uh, I think that Gorman getting pushed off the roster is still a possibility. It could happen. I know that they would like him to be there with the power that he has from the left side. But Dylan's doing everything that he can to control his destiny right now, 24 years old. The big question is, what is he? Is he more than a platoon player? Can he hit the ball with authority from the left side? Well, not that the question is fully answered to this point, but we talked last week about from the left side against a right-hander. He drove a ball in the left center gap for a bases clearing double and did so with authority. Today, he turns and burns on a fastball from the left side and the swing again looked different than it did last year. There were times last year where that swing from the left side is so long and it takes forever and it's going to have to be that perfect pitch where the barrel hits it and he's good to go. Today's swing and some of the swings we were seeing from the left side from him, it just looks a, a lot better. In the fourth inning, he took a fastball off of Blanco that went deep right field with it and just looked quick. So he's uh, he is firmly entrenched in the the competition, if you will, for the outfield, but he's fighting for every day at bats. And I think he looks good. I think that the roster shuffle at the end of spring training for Ollie and his staff is going to be interesting, but I really hope that DC being a switch hitting, I believe gold glove potential outfielder. He's, he's got to be a big part of what you're doing again, to make this team go from good to great. BT, can you hang with us for another quick one? Yeah, sounds good. Absolutely. All right, so we'll come back. We'll uh, we'll continue our conversation with BT live from Jupiter. More Cardinals talk next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson joining us for round two here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN as the Cardinals beat the Astros earlier today on Valley Sports Midwest. And BT, we were talking to you about Jordan Walker and Jack Flaherty and Dylan Carlson. Mm. Who else impressed you today in camp? Well, look, uh, we keep talking about the guys that are in the competition. Juan Yepes did it again today. He ended up having two hits and a guy that I expect firmly to be entrenched in what they're doing right now. Uh, Alec Burleson didn't have anything to show for his day, but what I've seen from him recently has been really good. You know, an interesting one that, uh, and this isn't a guy that's going to be in the mix this year at all, uh, but I always get excited to watch guys that get the call up from minor league camp and this is just like a name to like stick a feather in. We'll see what ends up happening with him. Uh, but the Cardinals called up a young kid today, 22-year-old Victor Scott II, and uh, he left-handed hitter. He's a speedster. He played in high A, and he showed out today. Had a couple uh, – had, had a, a good hit today going the other way, showed off his speed, and uh, those are always like – the fun ones where you don't know exactly what you're going to see from a guy. Uh, but I, I like what we saw to him again. Uh, Tink Hans was, uh, was really good. And, and Jamie, I'm surprised we didn't lead with this. Your guy drew Verhagen oh, had man. himself a day. You know, mm, you've been, sure uh, did Verhagen 
the entire time. He punched out two in his one inning of work. So, uh, Jamie, congratulations. I know you've been beating that drum, and you've been beating it really hard. Whoa. And, uh, well, you had something to show for it. Yeah, I've been beating it hard for Verhagen, for sure. Um, but there's another direction I wanted to go uh, in today, BT, and another area I've been beating it real hard on was um, – Still talking about baseball? Yeah, absolutely, Anthony. And solving all of our problems with one swoop. Shohei Otani. Hmm. BT, okay. all over the interwebs. And I think you had something to do with this. Our guy, Lars Nupar, he's grinding the pepper shaker now with Shohei. Shohei hits a two, two bombs, and then he's running around the bases. And what does he do? He eyeballs old Newt, the old pepper grinder. Both hands getting after it. Pepper I mean, grinder. If that doesn't signal that Shohei Otani's going to be a Cardinal BT, I don't know what does. So when do you think the Cardinals acquire him? Yeah, the only thing that would help me uh, a little bit more with this, as you see Shohei and Newt doing the pepper grinder, is if behind Newt, because Newt's at the plate, he's given the high fives. Newt, by the way, ended up getting two knocks and an RBI as well uh, in their exhibition game. But the only thing that would make me feel a little bit better about the Cardinals acquiring Shohei Otani at some point is like in the stands in the front row, if you saw Bill DeWitt giving the like make it rain sign. Uh, like that I, would I would love to see. I would pay money for that. <laughs> yes, if you had a combination of the pepper grinder and then the the build to it, make it rain. Uh, I have no idea what a contract <laughs> is going to look like for Shohei. I can't wait to find out. I think he'll be the first half billion dollar player. Chances are, uh, but. Uh, who else but Lars Nupar to show up on Team Japan does not speak the language and ends up uh, befriending Shohei Otani. He's out there getting him to do the pepper grinder. And uh, <laughs> look, he is the guy's infectious, dude. Anytime you're around him, you can't help but have fun and ha have, uh, you know, have a smile. And uh, Jamie, maybe you're on to something. Maybe he is in full on recruiting mode. He's going to need a Brinks truck with him. But I like uh, building these connections. There you go, Jamie. Write that down. Brad I, oh, says Shohei Otani, likely a Cardinal at some point. Order this, your jersey this year. now. Absolutely. Uh, BT, going back, going back to the the offense. I mean, when it comes to you know, look, they change they change coaching staffs, obviously, and uh, as we know, when they bring in um, you know Shelton to to, to uh, replace Jeff Albert. We know at least some of the philosophy was going to change with it. So have you seen anything from the Cardinals from an approach standpoint, even even though it's only spring training, that looks, I don't know, more aggressive to you or maybe just a, an overall change in style overall? You know what? Not even necessarily an overall, like, style stylistic change. But you know, you know what I, I really notice is, you know, Turner Ward. Is I meant Turner Ward. Sorry. Yeah, Turner, Turner's been elevated as the hitting coach. They bring in Brandon Allen as well. They also have Daniel Nicolaisen, who's kind of more of the uh, – kind of like the Dusty Blake role, really. Uh, he does the, a lot of the bio, uh, biometrics and stuff and the, the role that Dusty had last year, obviously the pitching coach now. But you know what I really noticed? And this was specifically in the ball game today as Dusty, uh, uh, Dusty Baker's Astros, boy, they struggled throwing strikes early on. Gave the Cardinals six free passes in the second inning. Lo and behold, all those guys pretty 
much came around to score. That's how baseball go. Don't walk guys. Uh, but I find the Cardinals very ready to pull the trigger on strikes. How often in the last couple of years did we watch games like, why are you not swinging at that? How are you not ready? It's right down the middle. They were giving out free passes left and right were the Astros today, yet the Cardinals did a good job overall of being honed in on the strike zone, and when they did throw a strike, they're taking good swings at it. How, how many times do you watch a game when pitchers are around the strike zone and not in it that you get like a feeble attempt every once in a while at a strike because they weren't ready for it, like it ends up catching them surprised? I think that they're doing a good job as a staff of just having these guys have a good approach and be ready to take their best swing on it instead of up there. I, I just don't see the wheels turning right now. Now, in fairness, it's in spring training. You're rattling off seven different pitchers in a game. It's not like you've got these in-depth breakdowns of each one of these guys and how they're going to go ahead and try to attack you. Like you got a lot of guys just trying to make teams at this point. You got a lot of young guys that are, that are out there uh, throwing. But uh, I, I hope that that's something that continues. It just feels like, just from watching, it looks very simplified, and I mean that in the best way possible. BC, great stuff, man. We appreciate your insights uh, from the Cardinals, and there's, there's certainly a lot to get into today. So thanks, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Guys, you too. I got the family in town, so we're going to head off to dinner. I'm going to work on my cinnamon tan tomorrow at the beach. I'll send you a picture of me looking like a lobster. Okay, wow. send that to Jamie. I'm sure he'll share. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Of yeah. course. I borrowed Jamie's uh, Speedo for this trip, so you'll enjoy Oh, good. It. Yeah. Andrea, you can thank me later. <laughs> yeah, no, she is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> See you, brother. All right, see you, fellas. All right, that's Brad Thompson here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have the gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? 404, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex Jewelers. So last Friday, Brennan beat Jamie in a walk-off. Another tough loss there for Jamie, who's, yeah. been, who's been excellent. He just, damn tiebreaker continues to get you. It's depressing. Fast lane against the tiebreaker. Not great. <laughs> Not the odds in Vegas. Not great. No. So Brennan is back for round two, and he'll take on either Andrew Marsh today or myself. What's up, Brennan? How we doing, gentlemen? Doing well. So you already got through Jamie. Would you like to take on Marsh today or myself? I say we go with Marsh. I think Friday you said he was supposed to fight uh, another contestant, so don't want to fake him out. We'll let him get a shot. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. All right, Marsh. If he would have went with you and you would have lost, that would have mean that that would have meant I would have two save opportunities back to back. And sometimes you can't go back to back. I might need a maintenance day. So this this helps. Marsh. Yeah, heaven forbid you pitch two days in a row. Yeah. They're all a save opportunity. That's <laughs> the way we should look at it. All right, Marsh, get out of here. All right, sounds good. Well, I got to play the... Uh, the oh, that's right. Brandon, tell him to spin it. Spin that wheel, Marshy. All right, Brandon, you, you won in football, I think, against Jamie. You got any preference today? Go hockey, hopefully. Okay. It's not hockey. It's almost football again, but instead it landed on random. Oh, so we have random trivia today between you and Marsh. How the do you feel? The original random. Marsh is pretty good at random. I'm a little nervous. Marsh, Marsh is like, he's just turned 
He's turned the corner here in the gauntlet. Since we decided to go with the, the wheel, he has been outstanding. He's been really good at baseball, too. He has. All right. Brendan, you already know this, but for those that are just tuned in for the first time, Brendan and Marsh will get the same four questions today. Each question is worth two points. If Brendan or Marsh need the options on any of those questions, instead of two points, those questions are worth one point. You ready, Brendan? Really good job, Anthony. Thank you. Yes, sir. Question one. What is the only bird that can fly backwards? I have no idea. Let's get the options, please. Woodpecker, owl, hummingbird. I'm going to go with the hummingbird, please. Final answer. All right, Brandon, question number two. What is the most popular sport in Africa? Uh, let's go with cricket, please. Final? Final. Question three. What dog breed's name translates to little lion in Chinese? Options, please. Is it a Mastiff, a Pomeranian, or a Shih Tzu? Pomeranian, please. Final answer. All right, last one here for you, Brendan. The origins of ballet were inspired by which sport? Ballet was referred to as a dance interpretation of this sport. Uh, let's go with fencing. Final? Final. All right, let's bring back Marsh from the Cone of Silence. How you feeling, Brendan? Uh, not great. That's a tough one today. Yeah, that was really tough. All right, so Marsh is making his way back from the Cone of Silence. He's got his customary drink of water here. Taking a sweet time. Getting situated. And there we go. Marsh, you ready? Let's do it. Pack a lunch. Oh, boy. Question number one, Marsh. What is the only bird that can fly backwards? No. Yeah. It's random. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Damn. Fly backwards? God, I didn't know that was possible. Uh, I'm going to need the options on the backwards bird. Woodpecker, <laughs> owl, hummingbird. Um... I'm trying to, like, visually imagine a bird flying backwards. Well, owls, they can turn their heads around. So that I'm leaning towards owl, but those hummingbirds, man, they're quick. Uh, I could see a hummingbird going backwards and going, in, you know, kind of like, like a UFO. You know what I'm saying? They just kind of fly around <laughs> everywhere. Let's go with hummingbird. Final <laughs> answer. That's quite the breakdown. Mercy. Gummy bears in that cone of silence? <laughs> <laughs> Question two. What is the most popular sport in Africa? Um, uh, I'm leaning soccer. But is that like, is it a trick question? Let's go with soccer. Final answer. Okay. Question number three, Marsh. What dog breed's name translates to little lion in Chinese? 
Uh, I don't know, but I do know that uh, ice cream was made in China, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to need the options on that one. All right, fair enough. Is it a Mastiff, a Pomeranian, or a Shih Tzu? Little Lion? Yeah. Uh, Pomeranian, I believe they're... Their fur, like, it looks kind of lion. looks like a lion. So I'm going to go with the Pomeranian. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Andrew. Final question of the day. Unless there's a tiebreaker. The origins of ballet were inspired by which sport? Ballet was referred to as a dance interpretation of this sport. I'm sorry. You're going to have to read that question again. <laughs> All right. What? So ballet. Ballet. Was inspired by which sport? Mm-hmm. Comma. Ballet was referred to as a dance interpretation of this sport. Uh, first two sports that uh, come to mind are figure skating and uh, the water sport where there's a bunch of people, and the, they're dancing in the water. So maybe maybe it could be one of those. I'm going to need the options, though, just to be safe. Right. Is it fencing, Ooh, karate, or taekwondo? Ooh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I really, you could just you could pick any one of them. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, there are options. Uh, I'm going to go with fencing because uh, that was the first one that that came to mind out of those three. Is that your final answer? And I feel like the tights are the same. So fencing, final answer. Okay. All right. Let's go over these. Brendan versus Marsh today. Why don't we start right there? The origins of ballet were inspired by which sport? Ballet was referred to as a dance interpretation of this sport. Brendan, you went with fencing. Marsh, you went with uh, the dancing and the pool and the better get the options. And then you said, well, you could go with any one of them. And then eventually went to fencing. Correct answer is fencing. It is fencing. It's the tights, baby. There you go. (laughs) But Brendan didn't need the options on that one. Two to one lead for Brendan. Impressive. What is the only bird that can fly backwards? Brendan, you heard the options. You went with hummingbird. Marsh, you were trying to visualize the bird actually flying backwards. You said at one point that an owl can look backwards, but that's not flying backwards. And you had a whole thing there. Eventually, you said hummingbird. Don't forget the UFO. Correct answer is? It is, in fact, the hummingbird. Nice job, guys. Brennan still with a one-point lead over Marsh. Three to two. What dog's... What dog breed's name translates to Little Lion in Chinese? You guys both took the options. You both landed on Pomeranian. Correct answer is... Well, considering that there was really only one Asian breed on here, and that breed was Shih Tzu, it's Shih Tzu. Mm. So, Brennan's still with a one-point lead. It comes down to this. Mm -hmm. What is the most popular sport in Africa... Neither of you used the options. Marsh, you went soccer. Mm-hmm. Brendan, you went cricket. Mm. Yeah. I can confirm that both cricket and soccer 
were options. Yeah, they were. The other option was rugby. Brendan with a one-point lead needs to root for cricket or rugby. Marsh, down by one, can win it outright if the answer is soccer. Jamie, what is the most popular sport in Africa? Soccer. Brendan. You have chosen poorly. You lose. Wanda being the difference. Four to three win for Marsh today. Sorry, Brendan. Nice try, though. It's all good, guys. I thought uh, soccer was a little bit too easy, so I'll blame myself. That's what, yeah, that's what Marsh was thinking. I, Cricket's I thought, a great answer, too, though. Absolutely. Yeah. That was yeah. the, say, uh, I will say that the fencing was a complete guess. I was just trying to think what the hell could be similar, so I'm proud of myself for that one. That was a great guess. Yeah, it was. But Jamie and I, when you, as soon as you said it, we, we looked at each other like, what? Really? Like, how the hell? How the hell did he pull that well, one? I think it's the <laughs> footwork. Like It looks like they're dancing back and forth. I, sure. I, I know the listeners can't see, but when I decided on fencing, I was kind of doing the you, you were know, actually yeah doing the back and it was forth somewhat there, disturbing but yes you yeah. were doing it yep mm-hmm. exactly all right Brennan thanks for listening thanks for playing attaboy Marcy thanks guys I appreciate it man good job all right nice job there Marsh uh, if anybody's wondering Andrew who couldn't come on last Friday also couldn't come on today no problem so Andrew is still in line to take on Marsh in a gauntlet championship at some point so hopefully Andrew uh, will uh, will get him on at some point and yeah. then you could take out Marsh. So we're not in any hurry. Marsh is still going to basically read the dictionary and, uh, you know, go over everything for that save. Mm. So you have to learn basically every sport, Marsh. So keep studying on that, okay? Mm, okay, thanks. We're going to be just fine. Yeah, we'll be fine, Ms. Wright. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. What's Trending is actually Anthony and Jamie are in the bathroom right now. Uh, I think they may have forgotten that we have a show, and we want to entertain the listeners, but it turns out that they are uh, not wanting to do that at this time. But we'll get into some things here. Obviously, the Cardinals took on the Astros today. We talked with BT, a 7-1 victory for the Cards and uh, fellas, welcome back to the studio. Cardinals seven-one victory today. Uh, I was just telling them. I was telling all the listeners that you guys were in the bathroom. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we Absolutely. were. But we're back. So um, I appreciate you uh, lighting a match when you were done, Anthony. Well, yeah, it's only uh, that was good. It's only common and courtesy in that what kind situation. Of, uh, Thank you. It was that bad, huh? Oh, clean up aisle too, Anthony. What? What the heck? Go ahead, Marshy. What do you All got? right. Well, here's what's actually trending. Uh, obviously, we get text messages from the uh, or to the Air Comfort Service text line. You know, sometimes they're like, ah, oh, you know, some people will talk about the gauntlet and you know the questions. You guys know the questions. You guys already know what's going on. That's that's a lie. However, 
Not that's not the case in the XFL, Anthony. Uh, the Guardians of the XFL <laughs> they cut Quentin Dormandy after he allegedly gave an opposing team plays from the Guardians playbook. And now there's an investigation. They released him. Uh, they also removed his stats from the XFL website. Anthony, before we get into uh, the allegations and all this, I've never heard anything like this before. Do you know where our guy played college ball? Oh, no. <laughs> Please tell me Western Michigan. Mm. Fire up chips. Is he a chip? Central Michigan. What was the name? What are you teaching your athletes at Central Michigan? Oh, man. Is what I want to know, Anthony. What was his name? Quentin Dormandy. Let's stay on topic. I remember him. Anthony, you were a student that formerly changed his grades. Yeah, that was well before Central Michigan. Character trait. Then we've got this guy here Mm -hmm. who's just giving other teams the plays. What is going on at Central Michigan? He probably wasn't a full chip, you know. He's probably a half half a chip. (laughs) Probably a chip short, that's for sure. (laughs) Probably got there. Yeah, mid semester didn't play a lot. Uh, (laughs) Really? You know, we don't have many guys. That's why I saw this, and that's what I texted Marsh. We, we can't keep going to Antonio Brown and Cooper Rush, you know? I mean, at some point, we got to have some uh, some prideful guys here. When Cooper Rush is at the top of the food chain for people that have come out of Central Michigan, yeah. Anthony. It's only now, Jamie. Like I said, for a while, we proudly boasted Antonio Brown. And then... There was some reports that started to come out, and then they were, like, goofy at the start, and then they got real serious, and mm. then it's like, well, you know, J.J. Watt, he was there for a for a year before he transferred, and then Cooper <laughs> Rush came out, you know, and he started playing well. So what do we know about this? I don't I don't know. Like, he, he got cut from his team, and now he's literally been, like, banished from XFL history. As well he should be. Uh, Why well, don't... I don't um, disagree, but who gives the other? Why? I, what I would don't be, know. Okay. Right. What would, I, what I have would so be many the, questions right now. What would he benefit from? Like, is it Vegas thing? Is it? Does he? Was he betting? On, like, give me a deeper story here. But then, why would the hell would you give the other team the place? Is it when he wasn't in the game, so that guy would look like crap? Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But even so, I mean, even even if that's your, I mean, that's so petty. Even I'm, if that's I'm your all game for pettiness. Plan. Like sometimes it can be fun, but not this. Yeah, I I had the same reaction <laughs> when you're representing a a university such as Central Michigan. You're right, that's the thing. Hey, from Come the, on, from the six three six. Don't judge Jamie. He's just giving them the answers to the test. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I don't know. I, I'd be interested to know more, though. Like, why did you why did you give these these okay. plays over? So, text line is on this too. Um, he uh, let's see here. He sold the playbook to a San Antonio Brahma player, and uh, which is great business acumen from the University of Central Michigan. Hey, you got to make money somehow, Jamie. And apparently, the thought is that the other QB would lose his job and he'd get his job back. Oh no! I'm looking at this. Look at this picture right now. We don't even have him in the Orlando Guardians uniform. He's he's wearing a Central Michigan uniform. This is bad. Oh my gosh! I don't remember Quentin Dormady. The 
the era, the Quentin Dormity era couldn't have been that good at, at CMU. This is a great one here from the 314. Says, That's what happens when, have all of your te- when I, you have all of your teams in your league stationed at the same place in the same city. That's true, too. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, he's a chip off the old block yeah, from the 314. Oh, he transferred. He transferred to CMU. Oh, man. Oh, so he wasn't ingrained in the culture. No, he wasn't. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. no. The culture. Central Michigan Benedict Arnold, as the 314 that's, calls that's, him. Well, this guy, sure. That sucks. That's, uh, yeah, interesting. I'm so upset mm-hmm. right now. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Anthony. I'm sure there'll be another athlete that'll see him here that'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you feel that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly broke his finger. He is uh, on LTIR. He went to Tennessee the- <laughs> first. He's a volunteer. That's what he is. He volunteers plays to other teams. They should have him in a Tennessee uniform or a Houston uniform. He went to CMU in the pandemic year. He's not a chip. Mm. Not one bit. Go ahead, well, Mike. anyways, like I said, Ryan O'Reilly hurt his finger. He now has landscaping duty and will be out <laughs> until... <laughs> The I don't know. <laughs> He's on LTIR right now with the Leafs. My fingers hurt. Yeah, poor Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, he's had a couple of injuries this year. Had the, the broken foot, now the broken finger. Uh, the Maple Leafs head coach, Sheldon Keefe, said that uh, he was visiting a specialist in Toronto this afternoon. Certainly that's a, a big blow for the Maple Leafs based on the fact that they acquired Ryan O'Reilly uh, to be a big part of mm. their last push here. But let's be honest here there's a lot of time left in the season Uh, i've had broken fingers and broken hands and they heal uh three to four weeks you can expect him back the leafs will have to carry the mail without ryan o'reilly during that amount of time but i think he'll be back i think he'll be fine and ryan o'reilly we know that he's going to be especially since it's just a broken hand he'll be on the ice every single day possible making sure that he keeps his legs under him so earlier today, we handed out some Guns N' Roses tickets, mm. and congratulations to UPS Tony, who will UPS go and see. Tony? Yeah, UPS FedEx Tony Brian, one. FedEx Joe? <laughs> it's awesome. I UPS Tony it. one. We need so, an Amazon listener. That's right. We got so a rivalry. <laughs> he's going to go see Guns N' Roses September 9th at Bush Stadium. You can find all the ticket info if you missed out on this chance, uh, plus a bonus chance to register to win tickets for Guns N' Roses live at Bush Stadium right now on your 101 ESPN mobile app or your 101 ESPN uh, website.com. So 101 ESPN. I should say the correct answer to our trivia question, which was who was the first band to ever play at Bush Memorial Stadium? Correct answer is it's the Beatles lot. It's the Beatles. Oh, nice. So UPS Tony won off that trivia question. Congratulations to him. By the way, uh, before we move on, Uh-oh. this is just some unfortunate news that we're getting from the uh, air comfort service. Uh, heating cooling tax line from the C, uh, CMU. Uh, this is from the 636. Also had Gary Hodgeboom, yeah. uh, former quarterback. Uh, he was on Survivor, right? Uh, the yeah. TV show, and apparently was a notorious liar. Notorious oh, yeah. season, but that's so. part of the game, people. Well, have you ever watched Survivor, mm-hmm. not liar. Yeah. Wow. yeah, you have to form alliances and For stuff sure. like that. I mean... I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure the the hog man was just doing what he needed to do to win. Well, okay. everything you learned from mm-hmm. Central Michigan. Okay, let's just back off. All right, we don't have much, so let's hey, just. The proof is in the pudding. It sure is. You gotta do what you gotta do to win and start. Apparently, <laughs> this dormity guy better start working on a new career. City SC won their home opener. We want to hear from you. 
today. What was your observations of the game, the experience, if you went, if you watched? What What is something that you kind of highlighted? What do you like about it? What are you interested in moving forward? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? We're game four. We're in. I'm sure you are too. So we'll take your mic drops via the 101 ESPN app. Jamie and I give us give you some observation as well from the second game and the first home game for City. That's an action 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. As Marsh just noted in the Sports Center update, City won their home opener on Saturday night. And what an environment it was downtown. No surprise. And Jamie, I was running some errands earlier in the day that day. And I mean, I I, I saw just a handful of people wearing something City, whether it was a t shirt, national jersey. People seemed to be excited. Uh, and no surprise that they showed up in droves down, downtown to watch their. MLS team win uh, against Charlotte three three to one, and we asked for your mic drops because this is all this is all new for us at at one on one. As people know, we don't talk a ton of soccer, but you got an MLS team, and if you're if if listeners are into it, we'll certainly talk about it. If you want to mention something specific that you've noticed or something that you have wanted to note, leave us a mic drop, and then we'll talk we'll talk soccer that way. It's going to be Jamie. We're all in it together, Jamie. One big happy family. Okay. Yeah, we're uh, we're synergy. We're synergy. building this. Yeah, synergyhockeyskills.com. Mm-hmm. Registrations now open for yeah. spring and summer. Right. Yeah. So we got a mic drop from Steve. Let's hear from him. Hey guys, <clears throat> happy uh, Monday, man. Talking about City SE, I have become an instant super fan. I'll tell you what. I don't know what has come over me. I've never really been a soccer fan. Watched it occasionally, check out some World Cup. But, man, that game last week against Austin, I'm screaming in my living room. Me and my wife are just, (laughs) we are instantly online after the game looking at City SC gear. And then this home opener over the weekend, sitting at home watching that because, of course, now I have the MLS season pass after game one because go City SC. But I don't know what's come over me. But, man, I have caught the fever and – it feels good. Let's go, SC. All right, there you go. I'm sure Steve's not alone in this. No. One, you got a team. If you weren't into soccer, like I, I haven't been into soccer. I didn't play it growing up. My, you know, my family wasn't into it. We were into baseball and football and, uh, you know, even a little, a little hockey. Jamie, obviously, growing up in Canada, hockey and baseball and maybe a little Canadian football for you. We didn't grow. I, I didn't grow up having it just kind of a part of the family. So. If, if you're that way too, one, you got to have something to root for. You know, waking up, I, I've, never, I've never found the appeal of waking up early on a Saturday and watching European soccer. I, I got. Oh, that's your fault. At the, well, maybe, Jamie, that, uh, that does something for you. It does. You're a Hotspur fan, are you? I set my alarm. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss a game. Who's your team out there? Or you just enjoy the game? My game is St. Louis City SC. That's no, all that matters. No, I mean, when you were waking up early and setting the alarm and watching. European hockey. That's in the past. Soccer. I worry now about when SC plays. That's spin right. So for you, you might feel like Steve does. Hey, I got something to root for now. I got I got a team. And you're two and zero. 
And the style of play thus far, Jamie, has been exciting. Defensively has been exciting. The way they push the pace offensively, the way they attack. It is a style I think St. not just St. Louis soccer fan, but St. Louis sports fan can appreciate. Yeah, so based on that, Anthony, we get a great text from the 314. Uh, it says, I sent this earlier, but I'm interested to see how the pressing and high-tempo style of play works in the summer when it's 95 degrees or higher and humid as hell. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, we'll have to look into the substitutions rule, Marshy. I don't know if you know that offhand, uh, how many you're allowed. The substitutions? I know the whole rule book. Okay. All right, um, we'll check into that later. Yeah, I um, think he does. <laughs> <laughs> I do know they're limited on substitutions, so playing that pressing style, we know. Like, it's hot as you know what outside. You walk outside and you feel like you need a shower immediately. That I think that's going to come into play, but I think it also will be an advantage, too, because our SC players will be practicing in temperatures like that, and not that it's fun, but they'll be somewhat used to it. Mm. And so when the opposing teams come in from where, let's say New York or wherever, and they're not used to it, and all of a sudden they're hot, they're it's humid, and they don't like it, but then you've got – the city players that are pressing, pressing, pressing. Maybe it won't be quite the same kind of press as you're getting right now because of the temperature, but still will be a lot for other teams to handle. So other teams will have to deal with the weather just as much as our own team will be. I would like to think that our team will be somewhat accustomed to it. Time will tell, um, but we'll see. Good question. And, and that it is. And serious question for soccer fan. I don't know. Is there a style that typically works better in the postseason than it does, or in the in the later you know later in the season, and the postseason than it does early on? For example, in football, the teams that are playing at you know breakneck speed and up tempo, and they're all about offense, it looks great in September and October. Those are the teams that typically fool us early on. Like, wow, this team came out of nowhere. Look at the way they're scoring. Yeah, they don't play any defense and they can't run the football. There's no there's no element of power. Those are the teams that typically fade out as the weather changes. You want to have defense and the ability to run the ball. Not that, you know, putting the ball in the air isn't important late too. But you want to have that element late in the year. Is there a comparable to Yeah, stylistically. Soccer? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll probably get Bradley Carnell on here at some point too, and we'll discuss things like that. We do get some clarification from the six one eight from Andrew, albeit. Uh, says you can sub five uh, five guys on three windows. So a total of five guys at three different times throughout the game. So that's not a lot. That's not a lot. Three different windows? Yeah. Three different times. The game is ongoing. What? They have uh, when they extra keep... time, though, Anthony. Do you have to see that? Is that considered a window? Three, a window they is, add time. No, a window is when the ball goes out of play. So the referee, so if a ball goes out of play and it's a throw-in, most of the time you don't get it on a corner or a goal kick, mm-hmm. but on a throw-in, that you can, that's a window of opportunity for you to mm. uh, sub in a guy. So you three different times throughout the game with a total of five players, Anthony. That's not a lot, Jamie. It's not a lot. Did they walk through an actual window or climb through an actual window? I mean, it depends. Hopefully it's open. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. Let's hear from Jacob next. Hey, guys. Yeah, my thoughts about the city opener. Man, it was surreal watching it on my... I was not able to be at the game. Tickets were kind of inflated. But I was watching it on my phone, and it was giving me goosebumps. It was awesome to watch, man. But uh, 
I think for the casual fans who just got into soccer and MLS in general, because of FC, SC coming to St. Louis, we need to tone down the expectations. Let's not get Whoa. too ahead of ourselves. It's going to be a very long season. Already ordered the ring. We half of our goals have been from defensive mistakes. Ah. It's not a good outlook going forward, but we got six points out of six. We're laughing all the way to the bank, baby. Go City. I, you know, I kind of like Jacob's attitude a little bit, but then I kind of don't. I don't like him talking about lowering expectations. No, I now when right you're now, 2-0. Anything but mm-hmm. an undefeated season for me is a letdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Battle Hawks were 2-0, and what were we talking about? Yeah, and now look what you did today. Mm-hmm. You're Championship. Like, you were, I remember, you know, you don't even want to talk about Locks. Yeah, exactly. Well, they disappointed us. They did. Sometimes you have to fail in order to succeed, though. Mm. You know? Yeah. Wise man once said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew Brandt. Yeah, he certainly did. Yeah. Hmm. Sports Six Pack is next. If you have a question for us, great. Send it to the Your Comfort Service text line at 314 399 9646. Sports Six Pack, next in the fast line. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. Time for the Sports Six back in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Still time to get your question answered here. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. What do you got, Marsh? Question number one. Yeah, we uh, have mentioned multiple times on the show, uh, Verona, Kapanen, perhaps they are reclamation projects. And we get a text from the 314. Jamie, is Logan Brown a reclamation project too? I don't put him in that category, although I guess you could because he's had some injury problems. But Logan Brown, for me, is just a guy who's never really had the opportunity. And now, is some of that due to injuries? Well, yeah, it is. He had a fantastic training camp. Uh, A lot of great things coming out of the front office about Logan Brown. And then, unfortunately, he got injured. And then it kind of it has been a bit of a roller coaster ride health-wise for Logan Brown. But if you look at the last handful of games that he's played, you've noticed him. You, you've noticed him. He's, had, he's gotten a goal. Uh, he's had some good plays. The pace of his play is better. He's playing with a couple of good line mates. So I don't I don't view him as a reclamation project. I view him, I view him more as, as an ongoing development. He's never had a chance to play a steady amount of games yet. So... For me, it's still to be determined what Logan Brown can ultimately be in the NHL. But I'm all in favor at this point, especially the situation the Blues are in, I'm all in favor of letting him develop. Give him some line mates. Give him some power play time. You don't just accidentally get rated as high as he was in the NHL draft with a very good draft class. Let's not forget some of the guys in that draft. It was off the charts. And this guy was rated really high. Do you think, did all the scouts get it wrong? No, they didn't. There's a reason he was rated that high. And I want to see where he can take it. And so he just had a birthday, I believe, yesterday. Getting a little bit older. He's getting a little bit bigger and stronger. And 
I'm very curious as to what Logan Brown can ultimately be. I'm happy he's getting more ice time. I view him as ongoing development rather than reclamation. Question number two. Guys, we had a text from FedEx Brian. He wanted to let us know that the stadium is beautiful. Uh, the problem, though, for him is that there's only 22,500 seats. To him, that's too small. Should be around 35 to 40,000. Uh, so that as the years pass, the small it, the small market isn't used as an excuse. Do you guys believe that the stadium needs to hold more seats, or do you think we're sort of prisoners of the moment because it was the home opener? Leave it just the way it is. Keep it in high demand. I mean, that's the one thing that, as a business owner, I can tell you that keep your product in high demand. If you grow too quickly or spread yourself too thin and then you're trying to fill 35,000 seats but you're only getting 20,000 fans for some reason all of a sudden you feel like it's a failure right stop it keep it sold out every night keep all of the businesses down there booming maggie o'brien's and many other sports bars and bars and restaurants keep all of that just thriving and yeah make it Make it something to where it's the hottest ticket in town. You've got to know somebody to get a ticket. That's when you know you've hit it, is when your your bar is somewhere where you've got to be on the list to get in, or your restaurant, you had to know somebody to get a reservation. Well, your sport, you've got to know somebody to get a ticket. That's mm -hmm. what you want. You want to create that kind of demand from your fan base. That's my opinion. And if it's steady where they start to get down payments for season tickets and they can't uh, fulfill their need, That's I'm sure point. there's a way that they can add in some seats down there. I see some some blank areas where they could probably build and add some sections. At that point, maybe you do it, but I like it just the way it is. I love how it's one game a week. You know, it's a Saturday. It's like the NFL. Why do they have so much success? Is because basically they're playing one time per week. So you have all those people, all those eyes on a specific game. I, I think it's going to be great for for downtown and that particular part of the of downtown because you know Bush Stadium, the Enterprise Center, they're more uh, towards the river, whereas uh, now we're down by Union Station. So mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's big for for all of the. The bars down there, restaurants, all that good stuff. Yeah. The pitch, that's like a new bar restaurant down there. I went there. It was super cool. It's it like a soccer-style bar. And it feels new, too. You got the Ferris wheel and the, the aquarium, and you know they're, they're building up. That's they're good. They're building that's around great. it, which is great. I love to see that. Question number three. From the 573, what do you think of Lars Newt Bar making best friends with Shohei Otani at the World Baseball Classic and Shohei using the pepper grinder home run celebration today? Well, I don't want to talk for <laughs> I don't want to talk for BT guys, but uh, you know, I you guys were there. He said that Shohei Otani likely a cardinal soon. I think were his words. He did. Mm -hmm. I think it's hilarious watching uh on Twitter. They've got video of Newt Bar in the dugout with Shohei Otani, like talking to him about what, who knows, and then Otani grinding pepper as he comes around third base, and then later on, like after the game, they're arm in arm, like taking pictures for people. <laughs> like if Lars Newt Bar isn't your best recruiter right now, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. I think it actually speaks volumes as to what Lars Newtbar really is. Let's let's take the joking aside and take the recruiting out of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't suck, but you look at a guy like Lars Newtbar, and we heard this last year. He's a young guy that can mix in with the veterans, can give them some heck, and the veterans respect it, and they're okay with it, and his energy is okay. They like what he brings to the table. A lot of times, 
if not done correctly, that young guy is kind of like, all right, that You're guy's annoying. he's too much. Mm -hmm. Take him down a little bit, okay? It's majors. We don't do that stuff here. But however Lars is doing it is the right combination of, one, working his ass off and showing that he's committed to the team, and two, adding some levity at times where he knows it's the right time. So good for Lars. So Shohei Otani, he's going to play with Lars Newbar with Team Japan. Going to get that sense of maybe what the Cardinal way is all about. And then once he's done with that, maybe he goes and talks to Albert Pujol, starts asking him questions, and then Albert maybe gets in his ear as well. So Jamie, you know, might not be far off. Apparently, guys, we've gotten some updates here on uh, St. Louis City SC, the stadium. It has the ability to upgrade to 25,000 seats. They they left that in the, the blueprint, apparently, that they can expand, allowed for expansion to 25,000 seats. There you go. There you go. Thank Question you. number four. We just talked about Lars Newtbar, very charismatic guy. From the 314, for Rivers, who is the funniest teammate you ever played with and why? Oh, wow. Um, I think each team has some funny guys. I know Mark Bergevin here in St. Louis was really funny. Uh, Jeff Cortnell, Brett Hull. Like we had we had a cast of characters here, man. My first go-around with the Blues. Actually, my second go-around, we did too. We had Big Walt. We had Dougie Waite. Bill Guerin is hilarious. Um, so a lot of really funny guys over the years that uh, they keep levity in the room, and it's important. And some of the guys I just mentioned are also some of your hardest workers too. Sure. They go out there and play the game the right way. But, yeah, no, loved all all those guys. I'm sure if I went through every team, I'd find one or two guys that were always really funny. Um, but, yeah, great, great memories. Question number five. From the 314, guys, looking at the Battle Hawks game against D.C., do you wish you had Jordan Tayamu and his double threat ability, or are you okay with A.J. McCarron, who's not that mobile and is a stand-in-the-pocket passer? No, I'm fine with A.J. McCarron. I wish I wish we were going to have anything. We'd have Jordan Tayamu's defense and his— <laughs> He doesn't play defense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, the defender's defense, okay. Jamie. I yeah. just want to make sure. Uh, and uh, at least one of his— Wide receivers. Well, another thing with not that the Battlehawks don't have, they've mm -hmm. they've had good wide receivers, but they don't have that as Jamie pointed that speed element. And and as well as the Battlehawks defense played in the first two weeks, I think they got exposed a little bit yesterday. And another thing with DC, they had two different looks where they could insert Derek King mm -hmm. and have him play his style of game. Yeah, it's just a different team, it's a yeah, different offense. It, th this is this is why I kept talking about on Friday how you need to play with a lead against Tayamu. Tayamu is not the passer that McCarron is. If you want to compare the two, stylistically they're different. And yesterday you had Tayamu and his running, his rushing ability, but McCarron extended the one play by by avoiding a sack and find finding his receiver in the back of the end zone. It's not that he's you don't you don't have to be a running threat to be mobile and I think McCarron is mobile within the pocket I would have I would rather have McCarron but you, if you don't play with a lead against a running quarterback that's that's when you're downhill all second half and that's what they were at the Battle Hawks they never seized the game yesterday they played from behind constantly and they've played from behind the last three weeks it caught up to them yesterday hopefully that changes heading into the home opener this weekend all right Jacob Verona and Walker still still ready uh, um I'm sorry I combined the two segments there. 
Jacob Verona, <laughs> want to talk to talk to Jamie about kind of expectations because it seems like Verona is going to be going to be making his Blues debut here. We'll get to Jordan Walker as well in the five o'clock hour. He'll be making his Cardinals debut <laughs> not opening day after spring. We'll change. get to Verona first. That's next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He's a first-round pick. He's won a Stanley Cup. I got traded to Detroit and, and had some uh, off-ice issues that, that he's not running from and we're not r- running from. Uh, he spent time in the player's assistant program and is out now and is looking forward for a, a fresh start to his career, and we're looking forward to giving him that. He's a, a talented player, a good skater. He can score goals, and we're excited to give him and Captain that new lease on life. That was Doug Armstrong last Friday talking about Jacob Verano, who's the latest blue. He was acquired from the Red Wings, and this is a total catch lightning in a bottle situation for the blues we know that they they need forwards they need scoring it makes sense for them to take a flyer on somebody like casper kapanen and take a flyer on somebody like you know jacob verana who had some problems in the past the problems don't concern me his off ice stuff um that that, listen i shouldn't say it doesn't concern me because i think that uh that all of that is is very difficult for people to get through. So, but I'm not sitting here going that he can't be a good hockey player or he can't be a good St. Louis Blue because of his past. Shame on me, I'll tell you that much. Shame on me. We've all had some things in the past. We've all done stupid things. Yes, Anthony, you are definitely part of the group. So I'm not going to sit here and and do that to Jacob Verana. I, I promise you that's the last thing I'm going to do. What I am going to do is keep it to the ice. And on the ice, this guy's talented. He really is. He has the ability to get you 25 to 30 goals a year. He does have a Stanley Cup championship under his belt. His all-around game has not been there recently. What I mean by all-around game is the 200-foot game and the effort sometimes on the defensive side of the puck. So one of two things are going to happen here, in my opinion, is that Jacob Verana is going to seize this opportunity in the moment to round out his game. And to bring his best, Jacob Verona, over the next season, the rest of this season and next year as well. Or it's going to be a constant battle, a butting of heads between a coaching staff and a team that are expecting a 200-foot game and not getting it from an individual. I'm really hoping it's the first one. I'm hoping it's the first one where you have a guy that's very motivated to play, very motivated to be a St. Louis Blue, uh, extremely thankful for the opportunity you know, it, it, he was asked today by a couple people, you know, just about his what he feels like being a St. Louis Blue. And in quotes, he says, I'm really, really excited to be here. It's a fresh start. I'm going to do my best to help this team as, win as much as I can. So saying the right things, which is great. He should be excited. He went from not playing in Detroit to uh, not playing well, then to off-ice problems, then to coming back and being sent to the minors, then being brought up, not playing, sent back to the minors. Yes, welcome the fresh start. The good the good thing about this is the upside is tremendous for this player. He really can bring a lot of speed, a lot of skill, and goal-scoring ability to this lineup 
which you can never have too much of that. But again, I caution long-term or the next 10 games or so, because that's really where you see it. It won't be the first two, it won't be the first three, although Kapanen's had, what, three really good games so far. Again, I'm going to use a 10-game marker for guys like this because it will average its The market will correct itself at some point, and you're hoping that it corrects itself on the side of positivity to where, like, oh, this is really who the guy is. This is really the player we have now. Mm-hmm. So for Jacob Verona, my expectations are going to be the same. 10-game mark, I want to see where he's at. Doesn't have to score 10 goals in 10 games. Doesn't have to score five goals. What he has to show is that he's able to create offensively. He's able to play with speed and pace, and that he's able to play a team game. And that when he's on the ice, it's not a, a penalty kill, meaning that he's not participating defensively. That's what I need to see from him. And after 10 games, if I see that on a consistent basis and I see a compete level there, then hey, we're taking steps in the right direction. And this could prove to be a really good move for Doug Armstrong. Look at Kapanen. Look yeah. at Kapanen. All he's done is compete since he's been here. Again, three games in. Seven games from now, we'll have a more thorough evaluation of the, the situation. But maybe watching Kasper Kapanen play for Jacob Vrana goes, all right, this team is committed to really uh, going through a reclamation project. I'm that guy, so they'll give me this opportunity if I play like Kapanen. Mm-hmm. So Kapanen's already leading by example by what you would expect from somebody with their so-called second chance. So let's see if Jacob Verona mimics that, and let's see if Kapanen can keep it going. I want to go back to something you said a couple of minutes ago, Jamie. When you're talking about what's, what, sort of, what sort of player the Blues are getting, I hope they're, they're seeing a desperate player, somebody that he knows this might be the end or, or else I'm going to be bouncing around the minors for a while. I've got talent. Other teams have seen this. I, I showed in Washington – Fell out of favor there. Get to Detroit. Really did nothing. Fell out of favor Tough in Detroit. Go Tough go there. And he winds three three times now. I know. It's not much where you – even when you have talent, you get to that third team, and then if you can't make it, everybody's kind of like, okay, we know who you are. Well, especially when you're making a couple million dollars too, right? Yeah. So he's making 5.4, I think, is actually in dollars what he's making. Um, now, that being said, he is only a 2.65 cap hit for the Blues because the Red Wings have retained 50% of his contract. But what does that tell you, too, when a team retains salary on a player? Well, they're paying, they're still paying you to play for somebody else. Yeah, pretty much. And it happens. And with the salary cap era, it happens. So I'm not going to just totally isolate that. But I guess what I'm trying to do is if we spin it, in a positive way for Jacob Verona, just what you said. I have a team that I played for that's paying this current team basically so that I play here, not there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick it where the sun don't shine on old Stevie Y and the guys up in Motown. That's right. the attitude I want from Jacob Verona. That's the player that I think he can be. Yeah, it's not a situation where, was, obviously, with like Ryan O'Reilly, where you're paying half the salary because you're going to, you know, you're going to make it, make the trade work. This yeah. is. This is flat out. Detroit's like, oh, great. We'll just take the seventh yeah. rounder and uh, send anybody. And we'll tell you, we'll handle 50% of that. Yeah. Good. All right. 
Uh, we'll call the league. Done. Right. Thanks, Doug. Let's fax this over to the league. <laughs> yes. Let's get this thing. Uh, let's get this thing done. Hey, first round action. The NCAA tournament tips off next week, and one on one will be getting in on the fun by going to watch the games at Max Downtown Alton. We'll be broadcasting live next Thursday and Friday, live from Max with BK and Ferrario, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And us in the fast lane, two to six. There will be plenty of screens to watch all the first round madness, plus delicious food, the coldest beer, tons of one on one ESPN giveaways, and more. BK and Ferrario. Mario and the Fastlane live next Thursday and Friday for the NCAA tournament at Max Downtown Alton. Jordan Walker continues his hot streak. At this point, what's, what causes him to head down to Memphis and not stay with the big league club out of camp? We'll get into that conversation next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He gets it in every single facet. First of all, he's confident. You have to be confident in doing what you're doing. You guys ask me, say, hey, do you think that he ends up making the team? And I said, look, I, I if I had to bet right now, I would say no. Thank God I didn't have to bet then because today I would say yes. <gasps> and that was Brad Thompson doing a little flippy floppy. Oh, flippy floppy. Earlier today in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Yeah, you heard BT. I don't blame him for having that thought, not one bit, because Jordan Walker's a stud, guys. I don't know if you've been watching, but this dude can play. He hit one 480 feet. Is that all? They estimate, estimate because they, they actually don't have the proper technology <laughs> hit the Nationals spring training facility. What the? Here's the question, then. Huh? What What has to happen for him not to make the opening day roster at this point. I think he's got to start struggling. I mean, like, massively struggling, Yeah, right? I don't know if it's massively struggle. I think Massively ma- struggle. No, Anthony, mm-hmm. listen, you asked me a question. I'm going to do my best to answer it. Okay. Okay? Um, I think what happens is as it gets closer and closer to spring training breaking and the regular season, obviously you start weeding out some of the lower-tiered players. If he starts to struggle, not mightily, just struggle – at the point where he's facing more of the big league rosters or prospects that are, you know, right there on the cusp of being big leaguers, if he starts to struggle against those kinds of players, that's when I think you see uh, John Mosellock and Ollie go, okay, maybe it's better for him to get all the reps at AAA at least for a month and see how things shake out with our club and with him. But if he's still is mashing baseballs and is consistently getting on base and still playing very good defense, there's no reason he wouldn't be here. And from there, I don't know what the Cardinals do. I really don't know what the Cardinals do because then you've got a really crowded outfield. You've got Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, Jordan Walker, Juan Yepes, Alec Burleson. These are all guys that are potential outfielders for your team. I don't know what the Cardinals do. I don't know if a trade at the beginning of the season is beneficial. I don't know if you maximize your return at that point. You could. I just don't it know. It depends. You might you may find a team that just they want an outfielder. They've been searching for one and they're a contender and they're willing to flip flip something decent to you. When it comes to Jordan Walker, Jamie, you said he had an opportunity. 
Cardinals came out. They said he's got an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let's see how he does in spring training. He'll have an opportunity, though, to make the big league team. He is unlikely to hit 400 for the rest of the spring. I don't think. I don't like your attitude. I don't think spring training wraps up and Jordan Walker's got a 400 or higher batting average. However, if he looks like he he is still, you know, he's got this calm presence in the box. Somebody that we were talking to Matt Holiday about, and he he was discussing just, you know, he's not he's not completely out of out of whack. He's not constantly trying to drive the ball. You know, over the fence, he's he's getting fooled on on off speed pitches. It's almost like he's the 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 pitches. Like it doesn't matter what the pitches. He's just got this this calm, even level swing. He makes adjustments. Does it stay like that? If it stays like that, he's he's going to be in the big league. Top Does it stay thing. like that? Like, cause right now, major league rosters and pitchers don't really have a book on Jordan Walker. As the more at bats that he has throughout spring training, and certainly if once the regular season comes about, mm-hmm. they're going to know where his weaknesses are. Sure. Or at least statistically where he struggles-ish, yeah. struggles, air quotes, whatever, the, you know, does poorly in. So we'll see. But mm-hmm. if he looks like he's taken the same at bat by the end of spring training as he did at, right now, he's on the team. Yes, it would be absolutely absurd for you to break camp with Jordan. Forget the numbers for a second, but just he looks the same as he does now, which is not overwhelmed, not a 20-year-old, which is exactly what he is. There's no reason for him to head down to Memphis, period. He might be a freak, guys. <laughs> he it is. is he it is possible. Is. It is, And I'm talking about making the club – and putting up big-time numbers and being a rookie of the year. It might be so. I know we haven't seen it since Albert. That doesn't mean it will never happen again, though. He might be a freak. People have already said, the last time we saw a player like this Mm -hmm. was Albert Pujols. Who had a spring training way back in the day Mm -hmm. where even the veteran players go, if you don't have this guy in the big league roster, something's wrong. You don't think Nolan Arenado right now? is a guy that's not going to get in Ollie's ear and be like, hey, Ollie, honestly, yes, on this kid. Like, yes. Or maybe Ollie is bouncing it off the veterans. Hey, what are you guys seeing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not talking about statistically. What are you seeing? Exactly. In the clubhouse, in the weight room, um, you know, at, at the bar, at the restaurant. Is he at the bar every night? Is he not? Is he is he training? Is he not? Like, because that's what they're going to do. They're going to want to find out, like, what do you really have? All indications from people that I've talked to and listened to is that Jordan Walker is a pro, a true pro already at 20. He understands his job. He works extremely hard at it. He's getting to the, the field early. And, like, he's doing all the right things right now. So when you put all of that, match it with the output that he's having right now, and you've got a team that is all about the cardinal way and doing things the right way. Man, he checks a lot of those boxes. Certainly does. Some are saying that he could have a ceiling as tall as Aaron Judge and a floor as, you know, low as Mike Stanton. Yeah. Some are saying that Some around are saying town. That. Mm-hmm. Around town. Uh, apparently he's – and apparently Jordan Walker, they underestimated his actual size. He's huge. Yeah, he's he's the size of Stanton. John Carlo or Mike? 
Giancarlo. Mm-hmm. Was he 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah. Walker? 6'6". Six, six. Could be a defensive end. No, he's a big dude. You can tell he's big out there. Could play for the Battlehawks on Sunday. They might need him. He's got good speed. Put mm-hmm. him on the offense. <laughs> What kind of message, though, does it does it send if you don't have a guy like that who's putting up those numbers, you don't put him on the team and you give someone else a chance? Is it, that sending a says, message? Yeah, well, it says, you still get a little bit of a free pass. It like, says you're not serious. No, yet. it says you weren't serious about giving him the opportunity. It does. Yeah, I agree. You say, you say, hey, he's going to go. We're, we're going to see in spring training. He's going to have an opportunity. And then he hits 400, and you're like, well, he never he skipped triple A. No, I don't think so. There'd be a mutiny. Well, you know, when we went into spring be. training, we didn't really have those expectations, but, but. Why do you all your negative people have the same voice? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Hank Hill, so. <laughs> Can we get a Hank Hill report? I don't know. It's just what I do. Jamie? Yeah. I get, in, I get in the zone sometimes. No, I'm with you. I like it a lot. You get wouldn't right you into, be, wouldn't you, you be get ticked? right into character. What? Wouldn't you be ticked? If I was what? If Jordan Walker yeah. continues to put on a bleeping show uh-huh. in Jupiter and the Cardinals go, well, you know, hey, you could still use some seasoning. We're going to start him off in Memphis. Yeah, I'd yeah. be pissed if I was him. I would be ticked if I was Jordan Walker. No, uh, I'm asking you, Jamie Rivers. Uh, yeah, of course. I'm the one that's been banging the drum to have him here. I have been. You look you, at you. Are you questioning? I thought you were going to say, I've been the one that I always thought he was talented. I've always been a Jordan Walker fan. I have been. Next thing you're going to tell me that, that nobody believed in the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this mm. year. I don't know what the Chiefs have to do with this, Anthony, but I know I'm on record uh, several times. No, you are. Saying that I could see him coming out of spring training and making the big league roster. Making the big league roster. Yeah. So you'd be furious. I don't is know what safe, you're asking me Is anymore. it safe to say? You've moved the goalposts so many times. No, I haven't. What the hell do you want to hear, It's a simple. Anthony? Listen, it's a simple question, Jamie. It's a simple question. Try it again. Is it fair to say, Jamie, that you, Jamie huh? Rivers, would be furious if Jordan Walker continues to pound balls down in Jupiter uh-huh. and not make the big league club? Putting it that way, yes. Okay, thank you. Who does he replace? <laughs> That's the next question. That is the next question. Take your if, pick. Because if all the other if it listen, here's the thing we haven't talked about. Could it be a DH spot? I asked BT, could he be in the D could 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 you see him being a DH? And BT said, Yeah, he's gonna be you know, he's gonna be in the outfield, gonna be a DH spot. That's an extra spot. What I meant to say was, could you see him squeezing out one mm-hmm. of the, the DH options this year, they being Juan Yepes or Nolan Gorman? depending on how they do because we've had those two in the competition the dh competition yeah we're looking at it we're looking at it from the outfield standpoint what if the outfield is o'neill carlson and newt bar the dh spot is walker not saying he can't play some outfield too but the dh spot is walker and it's gorman who heads down to triple a wow what if what if he's just a platoon guy or yepes I'd yeah. rather trade those guys than send them to the minors at this point. What if he's just a platoon guy? Like, and by platoon I mean he's playing, playing every day, everywhere. But... If Goldie needs a day off, hell, he can play first base. If Arnado, yeah, needs a day off, you know, you, I, you can throw him anywhere. 
Right. I don't care about like where he plays because he's going to play at that point. Right. I mean, what, from a roster standpoint, for sure. Who is the odd man out? We've talked about it again from an outfield standpoint, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Something to think about. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. We are done a little early today. What? Yeah, well, we got. Jamie said he had to leave early, leave so early. we just yeah, thought yeah, we'd Jamie. all get yeah, off at the same time. Sounds well, good. Yep. Everyone at Hubbard said Jamie needs to leave early. We're going to stop the show early. Okay. We also have the Southern Championship pregame starting at 545. Yeah, that too. That, that too. Yep. So what you missed, criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You can show off your NCAA tournament knowledge by signing up to play in this year's 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. Register now to participate at 101ESPN.com. Once the bracket is set, make your picks for this year's tournament. It's free to enter, and the top scorer will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. You can find all the contest rules and get signed up to play right now at 101ESPN.com. It's 101 ESPN's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge, all brought to you by Bud Light and Twin Peaks. Jamie? Eats, drinks, scenic views. That's right. As Marsh told you in the Sports Center update, we've got the Southern Championship pregame starting in about 10 minutes or so. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you head to 101ESPN.com or download the podcast via the 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Arch, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, from the 661, open the show with MLS. BT siding, so nobody can complain today. Perfect show. Hit the showers feeling good, boys. Nice. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground today. We did. Talked about City. Talked about your Cardinals, your Blues, your Battlehawks. BT broke down Jack Flaherty, his performance today. Some things that... We could take away from the performance and some things you just say, okay, well, it's spring training. So you kind of touched all aspects there, Jamie. You certainly did. Uh, let's go to <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost didn't laugh. <laughs> on the 314, Anthony and Jamie, I think you guys do a great job covering everything. Don't worry about the negative Nellies. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Actually, that's okay. pretty good today. Yeah. We didn't have, uh, we were, at least not yet. There's still time. We had not been targeted yet today. <laughs> um, still time. 314-399-9646. Well, I think once they, I, I think once soccer fans. Uh, heard me read my notes from the game. These were good. They I, knew. I'm expecting uh, soccer time with Anthony. Sure. <laughs> soccer time. Yeah, Every no game, I want to break down like that. Did you like how I mixed in? Uh, he did that soccer well. It's time for Stalter Soccer Time on 101 ESPN. There we go. Those are my honest thoughts, though. I know. You've never been more honest. Like when Charlotte scored... I mean, you got two defenders sitting. You got two defenders there. Somebody's got to mm-hmm. cover that guy. If there's covering in soccer, I don't know. There is. What yeah, do you do? There absolutely is. Got to cover him. Got to take away the middle of the pitch. Got to force that uh, to the outside. Mm-hmm. That's why when you the ball is on the outside, off. they look to cross it to the middle because that's how they create offense, Anthony. 
Very seldom will you get a guy that scores from the outside of the field. Uh. Goalie should be doing his job at that point. Unless you're on the outside and you kick it towards the middle and your own team heads it into the net. <laughs> Which <laughs> has happened before. And it's very ideal for yeah. your team. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte Blair. We get a text from the 314. I'm in Barnes & Noble reading gardening books with an earbud in my ear, cracking up, laughing at you guys. I can't stop. Love BT time. There you go. Yeah, we all you. do. So we get soccer time and BT time yeah. all in one show. How about that? You guys do some gardening during the spring? I like to make sure I get out there early in the spring and make sure all my bushes are trimmed. Oh, I, okay. like, mm. I like it when it's trimmed right down mm-hmm. so that you can... You can see, like, we got a front porch sure. area, and nothing I hate more than when the bush is so big and you can't see mm-hmm. what you really want to see behind it. Makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've I feel got a like visual. It's, it's, um, it's almost a hazard, too, because when you go to, like, cut the grass or you're, you're pulling weeds and this bush is, poof, like, right in your face. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I take that bush right down, and then I worry about some of the other things after. You're a man of pride, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I like plants. They're fun. Uh, from the 314, who thought the D in Sunny D stood for vitamin D? Was that Marsh, a.k.a. me, or was that meat? And Jamie, you had to answer that question for this text. Uh, that was Marshy. Yeah, DJ Marshy Marsh had a great day uh, in random trivia mm-hmm. some time ago. And um, vitamin C was the answer. <laughs> and Vitamin D. Then Marshy, he, he talked for a while and then came during and goes, oh, Sunny D. Sunny D. <laughs> vitamin D. It's got to be vitamin D. Yeah, or or it's or Sunny it's Delight. Sunny Delight. Yeah. 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 Either or, it was uh, an epic moment in the gauntlet, and uh, our listeners didn't forget. I think that, maybe the uh, UFOs and the tight pants maybe brought that uh, you gotta, memory back. Yeah, you got it done today, though, Marsh. That that kind of reminds me of uh, what, do ca- what do cows drink? Water. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say milk. You were about to say milk. Yeah, I actually was. I had to the stop joke myself. Goes, and I remember you just this looked one. at me and you're about to laugh knowing that I was about to say milk. Joke goes, I remember this as a kid. You'd be like, um, what do you pour on your cereal? Milk. Oh, milk. No. Yeah. What do you leave for Santa Claus? Milk. 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 What do cows drink? Water. I know. Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know it, but you're like, oh, milk. milk. Yeah. No, it's no, water. No. no. They might drink me. milk. A little bit kind of weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, what? what? Uh, I don't know. Babies drink milk. Yeah. It's not out that bad either. Anyways, I named my uh, MLB Road of the Show team Sonny D. That jersey's the whole that's, nine yards. That's good. Pretty cool. That's good. So I like that. The, yeah. You, Your boys. You what, what do you call them? The D? Yeah, the Sonny D. Okay, and I guess it's got a big D, D right, on the, oh, right on the uniform. That's good. Yeah. Is it? Is on it the on the left? On the hat, too. On the, the right? You got a big yeah. D on the hat. They have a D right in the middle. Mm-hmm. The, no, it's not in the middle. It's a baseball jersey. Oh. It's on the side. Yeah. Kind of like the like the Yankees. Okay. Big D. It's just a big D. Big, just a giant right D. There. Okay. With a sun behind it. That's Andrew Marsh right there. Sketchy. Makes sense. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Don't forget, we got Southern Championship pregame right now. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.